Sharpen your pencils. Adjust your glasses. Fill those pocket protectors. Because you've never heard nerds like this. Matt and Chris engage in rampant speculation. What's up, guys? Hi, Matt. <laughs> Hi, Chris. Hi, Jesse. How'd you know it was him? <laughs> uh, Matt's not here today. In case you didn't. Well, I don't know why you would know that. You can't see us. Um, Matt's not here? No. <laughs> he, he's busy. Well, since Matt's not here, then we have a few things we could talk about. Yeah, let's. we could talk about guns. We could talk about ghosts. And? Or just general hauntings. Yes. That's very cool. That's true. Space. Mm, he likes space. He doesn't know anything about any of those topics. Well, and that's fact, true. That's why we need to talk about them, about them now. him. <laughs> so we can only have these conversations in a civil way in Matt's absence. Chris, do you have anything to say about Matt not being here? Um, I, No. You don't have anything to say at all? Like, you know, like, because, I mean, he gave you shit for missing your, you got oh, your guys' well, show for so long. But this is, see, that was me missing it on my own terms. He's fo- been forced out. <laughs> Describe forced out. Well, you know, we, we held this um, podcasting secretly without his knowledge. And we're just going to keep doing it like this from now on. <laughs> Because the way you treated Bryant last time, yeah, it was just, he came off. He came off as like <laughs> such an asshole. I I couldn't, in good conscience, keep him on. Yeah, we've tried to figure out where to make the cut. Well, and you the know, cut ended up being us three on one side and Matt on the other. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I take my my a page out of Disney's playbook. Um, anytime somebody says something or does something controversial, they get cut. Yeah, you gotta get rid of them, just like gotta, just like just James drop Gunn. them, just drop them. Did you see that? Did you see that Babylon B post uh, I made? No. It was what I. There was the Babylon B did it. To, like posted it today, and it was or maybe it was yesterday, and it was like uh, Trump fired uh, from because critics dug up tweets he just made. It was it was really good, and I just thought it was too funny, and I'm like, I don't know, I had to repost it because Babylon B. It's not always. Sometimes it's too on the nose, but right. once in a while it's really good, and I think that I think that was pretty funny. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I was trying to remember one that had been posted recently, or maybe it was from The Onion that you posted. Oh, the, the Amazon one? No, there was an Amazon oh, one. There no, was an Amazon you, one that one was funny, yeah. yeah. I was like, no, do I need was, Amazon Prime for this? Or, like, it was more like the Trump thing. It was more in line yeah, with yeah. that. But, yes, that was a good one, yeah. New well, Amazon Prime service you kills you. Between nine and five on the specific time and day that you chose, and not have to pay for extra for you know the cab ride for the shooter. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like I, sometimes, sometimes I think I put a good line in there, and then nobody even likes it, man. It's like I spend all that time, you know, those seconds thinking of a good line, and then like it doesn't get the love it should. Well, that's just because Google Hangouts doesn't have a like button. Well, and I, I'm guessing that so I get stuck. Sometimes I don't some... want to say things like. Good one, Jesse. Ha ha. Nudge. Well, I'm, you know, I like meant actually when I posted on Facebook, but I, my guess is, is I get stuck in these conservative algorithms, and Facebook is trying to silence me. Yeah. I mean, I, I would think that that's sounds about true. right. Well, it's not because you're conservative. It's just the general content. Well, and people think I'm conservative. That's well, the problem. Like when I, th- I've they noticed think I'm a your account lately has been acting like a bot, like a Russian bot. So I, that's probably 
what What's Facebook is thinking. That, What's the problem with that? <laughs> Facebook is anti-Russian bots. I, that, well, they that's are now them. because they got found out, and, and now it's going to cost <laughs> well, them money. Do you see? Do you see? There's like another. There's an article today that there is some suspicious activity already going on. Yeah. That Facebook that's, has noticed. I, did, I just saw the headline. Russian November already. I know. I just saw the headline. But how about this one? Did you guys hear about how they? Got some um, voting computers at, at this convention, DEFCON or something, and they hacked it within two hours remotely. Well, that's unsurprising. A lot of them run Windows 95, and they turn. Right. That's exactly what they did is they used those. Hacked it from that, so how, how, how far away were they? We said they were right outside. Is that what you said? I think, like, the, with yeah, the, the, the internet, internet connection. It doesn't matter. Like, one foot and yeah. uh, one, one foot and a mile. No, they are. Why that they were not connected? There are and aren't. I mean, like. So you talking about any of the places that don't do paper ballots? Right. right? Th- these these uh, digital ones. Yeah. Have so, you ever, did you see that movie with? I can't even think of what it's called now, but it's with Robin Williams, um, and he's running for president, right? Man but he's kind of like. Man of the year. Maybe it's man of the year, and he gets uh, he gets in a position where there was some kind of a hacking done or like a mistake. There was like a new oh, system right, made, right? And he ends up being president, but they find out that there was he actually finds a glitch out later. in the system. Yeah. And then he tells on himself. He's like, yeah. "It's actually a glitch. I don't, I'm not your president. Yeah. People didn't vote for me. I did. It yeah. was just. It just reminds me of that. Of that yeah. movie. I, the movie's not even that good. It just the premise is like not too different. So maybe yeah. Trump didn't well, win. And it's interesting because there there have been a couple of attempts to make very good secure voting systems, and they've invented them. There's there's some. Uh, let's see, a college in Texas made some a while ago. Um, there've been a couple others, but the problem with them is that. You know, in order to make them secure, you have to have the source code available to be audited. And companies that want to turn a profit don't want to open their source for auditing. Um, and so it's not particularly profitable. So the, the, the challenge for them has really been that no company wants to manufacture it with the designs that they've made because they don't think they'll make a, a specific profit on it. So because we have a need for everything to be sort of profit-driven, there's no... There's no proper incentive to, act, to actually produce ones that are you know, as secure as we would like. Yeah. Actually, it does make sense. I mean, I guess I didn't really think about that. Um, so those systems exist, and there's a lot of different ways. You, there are a lot of different ways you can do it. I think I could invent one that well, would be good. I think honestly. the other issue is, is that we have such – each state having its own – rules and stuff. I mean, it's probably going to kind yeah, of get in the way. We of, have a concept of dual sovereignty in our – you know, in our governmental system. It seems and like so some of those things should be universal, though. Like You would think, but the, the Constitution doesn't allow for that. It well, doesn't and have that's anything particularly in it for that, so we'd have to, you know, modify that at that level. Yeah. Yeah, there has to be something that can be done. Cause that's we, could, we could use the Commerce Clause. You can use it for everything. Voting affects commerce, and it affects the way um, people interact uh, in terms of, you know, moving money from one state to another because politics affects commerce. Boom, you could just use the Commerce well, Clause to justify a law. Like they use to justify I think every other voting law. voting is specifically addressed yeah. in the Constitution. Yeah, and, and pushed back to and the states. And it's states, saying right? that the states are the ones who determine yeah, I think they're both, how to, that's both to tally their votes. Um, but what, maybe, maybe this whole you know, what Russia about, scare. What about the power of the purse? Same, way we, same way we do things. You know, we, we might say... Uh, we want the drinking age to be 21, but the federal government can't really do that. That's, you know, not really part of, you know, it's not really within their purview. But what they can do is say, oh, if you don't make your voting age 21, we'll withhold 5% of your federal highway funds. 
Yeah. Um, and then you could incentivize. That's sort of the, the Now, normally, normally, yes. I, I, I totally get what you're saying. But right in, in this age... In this age with Trump, I mean, imagine it would be like almost like a civil war. Even if, if Trump was going to withhold any money for like, because he tried to do that stuff with, with sanctuary cities, right? He's like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll withhold some money and this and that. And they're like, well, we'll fight you to the Supreme Court. Well, there's, but there's May, good reasons for that. Like, that, that, that was the same reason that, that, that the uh, Medicaid expansion was, was shot down uh, in, the, on, in the Supreme Court, right? It was, it was really because they were saying if you don't you know, expand Medicaid, then you won't get the Medicaid funding. And they're saying, you know, in the law, they're saying, well, it's okay because it's a choice. You could either choose to uh, expand your Medicaid or not, and that de de determines whether or not you get the money. And the Supreme Court said that that was too coercive and that you, know, you can use the power of the purse to a certain degree, but you can't use it to an extreme degree, that there's a level of coercion that's, that's too much. And the amount of money that he was trying to withhold from the states just in those proposals for the sanctuary cities is pretty much the same thing. The, the sanctuary cities are really just saying, you know, there, there's, the states don't have to cooperate with, with federal immigration stuff because it's, that's not their jurisdiction, that's not their, you know, it's actually not their duty to enforce. And that's the, that's the whole concept of having a, a, a set of, you know, dual sovereignty where states have some aspect of the sovereignty and the federal government has others. And so, yeah, so, so, you could try to use money to do the coercion, but all you can do is ask as a federal government. There's where, no requirement for that. Where are you guys on? Because they just uh, it came out like maybe within the last two weeks. I'm trying to think of what city it was. There's a specific city that's now allowing illegal immigrants to vote. Um, shit, I can't remember what it was. I, it's, in, it's in California. I just can't. Th I don't know if it's San Bernardino. I, I, I should know this. It's really specific. an interesting question is, does the Constitution say you have to be a citizen to vote? Actually, uh, I, can't I, can't, I can't remember. I, I shouldn't. Maybe I shouldn't ask that question without without. Uh, I, I think that well, I think the state can do that. They they literally can. I'm just saying whether or not we should like like a, as I mean, sure, if the state can do it. You know, if the state can do it, fine, so be it. They can do it. You know, if they really want to do that, I'm actually very pro states' rights. Um, so I don't have an issue on that. Well, an issue in terms of them being able to do it. Now, whether or not they should, I don't think they should. But I also, you know, like, I can't tell them what to do either. So I guess I was looking at where, where you, you fall on. If you can't tell them what to do, what you, you, can't, think, you can't with this, you yeah, know, the sanctuary can city the, thing is still the same opinion. thing. Oh, you can have well, an opinion, be like, oh, we, we say, hold that guy for, you know. When the sanctuary city comes up, because then you're actually talking about criminals. I'm t you know, well, we're just talking about just but basic. It, but it could be, you know, somebody who got a parking summons. It doesn't really matter. You know, like, you know, a, or a person might just be called in to be a witness for something. And that happens as well. And, you know, it can be a challenge, I think, for the local law enforcement because they need to have an open line of communication with the citizenry. And the citizenry needs to be able to feel like they can talk to the, you know, law enforcement in the area. And if they don't feel like they can, then a lot of crime is going to either go unreported or people aren't going to be comfortable being witnesses. And so, you know, if, if you're in that position and you're, a, and, and you're a small municipality, then, you know, the thing that probably matters most to you is whether or not you can, you know, track you know, the crime that's going on in your city. That's probably a lot more prudent an issue for you to deal with. And they're going to say, uh, you know, the federal government, you're supposed to enforce, you know, the, the, the federal immigration stuff, and that's on you to do. But we don't have room in our jails, and we don't want to spend our time dealing with the immigration stuff. And we also don't want people to feel like if they come to tell us something, you know, important happened in their neighborhood that they're going to be deported because that has a negative impact on their ability to actually police the area.
Did you just look up something, Chris? Yeah, sorry. So I'm going to harken harken back a little bit. I missed some of your conversation. But in terms of what does the Constitution actually say about voting, it doesn't really say anything except how you – it only lists the ways you cannot deny someone the right to vote. So it first is mentioned in the 14th Amendment when they say no no state or the government shall – make a law restricting the right to vote based on color or creed or whatever it says, um, color of your skin, race or whatever it says. Um, but then, so that's, and then it comes up again. And every time it comes up again, it says, here are way, here are things you can't deny them the right to vote on. Does it say you have to be human? But it doesn't, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't I mean, think it you says. Like give all of your No, but, but actually, no, what, it, what it's saying is that, it's actually fairly easy to deny the right to vote. Yeah. No, because he's fine. If, if you read lines of when I normalize it, it'll be just fine. Um, Don't worry. As long as, I mean, as long as it's not just a, a red block, because then it will, like, pop it out and it'll fuck it up. Keep going. Um, behind I'm just look, the scenes I'm looking at, talk here, guys. I'm getting the information. I'm getting the 14th Amendment specifically right, so I can right. see it. But uh, every time it gets – voting actually gets brought up in the U.S. Constitution, it's only about – like ways that you can't abridge it, but they don't, it doesn't ever explicitly say that voting itself is a privilege. So you could just say, um, well, we don't want to let anyone who makes less than 50,000 a year vote, right? And that would be constitutional until they pass a constitutional amendment saying, oh, that's a bad way to limit voting. Now, that being said, or so, so there's actually this push to, enumerate it as a proactive right like a because I basically it's basically being protected under the I think um, the 10th amendment that says any rights not explicitly mentioned here are reserved to the states and the citizens or whatever um, so Wait, I forgot it says and the citizens which is an interesting one so it's there you're kind of implying that it's not well just I don't know states. if it says that that was me ad-libbing um, um, that sounds right. I believe it. Okay. I just I choose to. <laughs> Your gut tells you to. Yeah. yeah, that's right. I go with the gut. I think that's Amendment 10, the, the last one, because they're like, well, we can't think of everything. But, you know, the founders actually weren't that big on democracy itself. Um, they they liked democratic flavor, but pure democracy, democracy for them was like, uh, that's mob mentality. That's mob rule. That's bad. So, well, they're not too far off on that. No, no. I mean, I think that's very true. You look, I mean, uh, what mob rule can get you can get you some pretty bad things on both sides, no matter what your political well, and I think stripe is. There's going to be something that you're the minority opinion on. Well, that's a thing that we kind of seem to have lost in terms of even having a, you know, representative democracy. We, you know, we understand on some level that the you know, powers of the government are supposed to be derived from the citizens, but when we when we kind of picture that, we we often picture oh, just somebody who would vote exactly the same way we we do, as opposed to a person who is there to make principled decisions. You know, sometimes you know not ones that you personally would agree with, because the whole point of of electing a, a you know an official is that they're supposed to be able to make you know decisions based on the information that they have that not every single person is going to have and also to avoid 
the chaos of just a pure democracy. Because if you have just a pure democracy, then it's just a popularity contest. But that's all it's really become. We've basically moved to a weird version of pure democracy where the people in Congress are just sort of, you know, puppets of the of their constituency, you know, basically trying to vote exactly as the constituency wants instead of trying to, you know, necessarily represent them. Kind of. But there there's another element in that the people, the members of Congress are specifically who the members of Congress owe, uh, represent slash owe their allegiance to in terms of like parties get to pick who their voters are, specifically right. gerrymandering. So um, basically you're, you're getting these districts that are drawn in such a way that it guarantees a Republican or a Democrat will be elected. So that allows them, even though it is just a popularity contest, like it's taken on that flavor, it kind of allows them to actually kind of ignore popular opinion. Like, well, it, it doesn't, sure. they don't well, have to ignore popular opinion because they are enacting the interests of their district. It's just that their district is drawn in a certain way to guarantee that it will want those things. Well, and also to dilute as much as possible the, the, the votes of other people. So there's, there's an intrinsic specific sort of design in, in, in that that's intended to just take away the voting power of people. Yes. Or of people you disagree with, basically. Um, sometimes I wonder um, if, because a lot of the problems with direct democracy, the mob rule aspect specifically, I mean, I think they're real, right? I don't question that that is an effect that comes up, but Generally, when it's been tried in the past, what's happened is it just quickly leads to a collapsed government. Um, and so I'm, it just, I just kind of wonder if you could get through that tumultuous period, if there's some sort of learning curve kind of thing. Like people, the act of constantly having to vote on things. Initially, people are going to make bad decisions, right, because – they're just going to vote instinctually, popularity contest kind of thing. But over time, as the negative effects of that are felt, you're going to get better informed voters because they're actively making these decisions, right? And it's so it's kind of teaching them to be better voters. If there's a way you could protect, you could allow that to happen, but still kind of protect it from falling apart. I wonder if there's, if that has any validity if that makes I mean, any sense maybe for some things but there are things that you need like if you're going to be making policies that have to do with say national security there may be you know there are things that you you really have to keep you know at an information level restricted to a you know a small enough subset of the population that that, that it's not dangerous yeah but that doesn't necessarily conflict with the democratic rule it's just you have a branch that keeps things you know, like, okay, we want this policy, we can't tell you the reasons, and then people vote on it, yes or no. I mean, it, yeah, I see what you're saying, though. It's um, also just generally challenging because, I mean, and that's not to say that it's not a problem now as well, but, you know, how do you become really an informed expert on very complicated and, and very large-scale things? Like, Well, but it's, that that's the kind of what I'm getting at with going to a more direct democracy system 
would be because of the the whole wisdom of the crowds things each individual voter doesn't actually need to be the most informed expert and actually the wisdom of the crowds it works when most of the voters aren't experts or most of the decider people they aren't experts in that field because then you get kind of this group think happening where they've been taught that it's going to be this way so everyone votes th makes that s guess or whatever Right, but there are places where that breaks down, and the places that that breaks down is in the face of concerted uh, efforts to manipulate people's opinions. Right, okay, yeah. You know, the same thing that can manipulate, you know, stock prices, you know, can be, can be used to affect the way people perceive, you know, any kind of issue. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that point, people are no longer, like, we've gotten very good at this, you know, from video games to the way that, you know, media is produced and written and and consumed. I think we're it's designed specifically to keep it keep and grab attention, and we've you know, learned very well how to do this over the years. And sure, it's it's a bit of an arms race, but you know, it, I I don't know that it that that it's a very good way to do overall democracy because it's you know it's got that ability to be manipulated by outside forces. What's that Winston Churchill quote? Uh, Demo democracy is the worst system other than all the others or something like that? There's a yeah. slew of those. I don't know if that's the original. Well, I, I, was looking, I was trying to look at the Well, I know. Well, here's why. Here's why I know. Because two days ago, I was trying to look up the quote because I was going to use it to troll somebody. And, uh, <laughs> and I typed capitalism, right? And then the first one that popped up was Churchill talking about democracy. I've always heard it, the democracy one is democracy is the worst form of government except for all the other ones we've tried. Yeah, and, and it's yeah, basically something like that. And then, they, and I guess maybe maybe I always heard it as like a playoff of it for capitalism. Um, you know, capitalism. I think I've even heard that's it what, for that's other things too. That's what I was going to. I was I was going to troll some people about capitalism. Yeah. Um, well, then well, I've always heard it, it for Churchill for democracy. Well, if it wasn't, you know, if if he didn't say the capitalist one, you can you can attribute that one to yourself. Well, no, there was some other. There wasn't anybody like specifically who was, you know. Uh, right. So you can take credit. Given to. I wish I could. I wish I could, but this because is not one of You were trolling time. anyway. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to, I was just trying to poke at people because people like capitalism gets such a bad rap, and capitalism has its own flaws, certainly. But I mean, it kind of takes advantage of I think um, man's natural, uh, or at least some people's natural uh, want to to do better, to get more, well, more, more, more. It's, more, you it's know? only that to to like a a certain degree. I don't think you know capitalism has to be that. Entirely, like that. The reason it works isn't I, isn't specifically people's desire to like, isn't isn't specifically the the greed, necessarily. It's it's people's just generalized decision making processes. Markets work whether or not you know people have some sort of vested interest in, you know, becoming wealthy. I don't think it's a capitalism issue at all. I don't think I don't think some of the problems with capitalism. Or because of capitalism, I think it's a it's a natural tendency, and that's what that's the flaw in capitalism. Like I think you would get you would get the same not the same capitalistic system, but you'd have the same thing with the with the resources resources pulling to people that, um, you know that are going to work harder, are going to do more, they're going to take advantage of more people. Like well, there's to, always going to be degree, that. But like you also have, you like know, I don't, you also have I don't think those negative aspects, aspects are just from, from well, capitalism. Right, but I, I guess I guess what I'm kind of trying to Chris's say face. there is that you know markets are a particular solution to a particular problem, but they only work when they're maintained, right? They, that, that's, and that's the purpose of regulation is to, is to you know, if, if you have a bunch of companies that are all making computer chips, 
eventually a couple of them are going to end up being the best of those companies and some of them are going to fall behind and some of them are going to come up and pretty soon you're going to have a smaller and smaller number of competing computer chip prices it sounds until like the everything Pareto principle yeah like eventually you get down to one or two companies because and you've lost the, the the competition aspect and when people don't have multiple choices the reason markets work is because people look at a slew of choices and they make choices based on you know price performance whatever you know whatever features and you know combination of factors encourage them to buy something and that's why markets are useful because it's aggregating all of the information that everybody has in the market together to make decisions about you know what what companies doing well but when you get down to just you know one or two companies the market's technically broken because choice then isn't there and markets aren't functioning anymore and that's not really capitalism anymore because you've lost the thing that it's actually good at and that's but, like a strong tendency in that like in capitalism but we, so I guess what I was kind of trying to get at there before I know Chris is he's oh he's chomping at the he's, I, I want to uh, like throw more like, fuel on the fire before he gets a chance so I can really like get them all do riled it, up. Do it. I'm not but, riled but up. That, but this is the, the, face is the challenge of, of like of why you need market regulation because markets have a tendency to centralize and once they centralize they destroy the thing that makes them valuable which is leveraging that sort of group ability to make to make decisions in aggregate. Well, and me, I think a lot of times you like see a lot of like resistance to regulation or like breaking up companies or doing all these things. But those are things that are like done right are there to sure it hurts. It, it can seem to like de-incentivize somebody to become the best company, but not really. Those companies, those people are making incredible amounts of money. And if you don't do that stuff, then you're not maintaining the market. Then you're just hoarding wealth for wealthy people because they made it five generations ago or something. Well, the problem with that is, is again, is when, you, when you're, where you're trying to make that cut again, like, okay, what's too big? <laughs> you know, how much, you know, these conglomerations, how much, you know, how much is too much? Like with Disney trying to acquire all these different places. But Chris, what were you trying to, I know you're, well, uh, there's a I couple so points excited. I want to make here. Oh first. God. Uh, Brent, what were you saying again? <laughs> the first, the first of which is that, um, and it leads into the second one is, We've um, I, ideal I, ideologized uh, market forces. Are we just making up words now. Yeah, um, and fine. capitalism like continue. We, we've we've made capitalism a system of morality, which it's not. Explain. Um, we've taken the the one of the ideas of capitalism is that human beings are going to act in their own self interest no matter what. Or that's that's a that's not an idea of capitalism. That's an that's idea that of human nature tries take, tries, tries that capitalism tries to harness. Uh, harness, yeah, that's right. Fair. And we've but we've taken that and we've made that actually part of our morality. Whereas it's not just that people are going to do that, so you might as well set up a system that accounts for it. It's we celebrate selfishness. Um, greed is good. You know, like it's, the line from that movie. Yeah, um, Wall Street. Wall Street. Yeah, Gordon Gecko. But um, it's. But I think I mean I, it's not everywhere in our culture. And there's definitely segments that push back strongly against that sentiment. But it, it is a pervasive element of seems our. Seems to be more with the industrious people. Right, well, and it's also hyper industrious. But it's not just greed is good because that that's a certain way of saying it. 
that would get a significant portion of the population to to kind of push back against. But it's the idea that if you just act, if you only consider your self-interests, then that will be good for society at large without fail. It's kind of the, is what we, I somewhat believe we have in that, come to. that idea though. Like I, I think that's kind of a, oh no, I don't know what's going on. What was going on in row? Oh, yeah. Atlas Shrugged. Yeah, right. Oh, Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And Rand. Um, yes. And uh, then, what were you going to say? Well, so, and that leads to the other one is that market forces are I, a I, law of nature. They're cool. not, they're not something that you have, you pass a law and make markets work. Are, you know, it, market forces aren't here because of capitalism. Market forces have always existed. It's evolution. It's it's ecosystems. Um, like a good way to put to to think about what, what a monopoly really is. Um, you think about think about invasive species. All right. So you've got in the wild, um, kudzu is a invasive species. It comes in. It absolutely blankets the entire vegetation of the environment and kills all the other plants and it so it's the only plant it creates a monoculture um and that's a naturally occurring system this isn't a i mean aside the fact that we introduced it but i mean we're part of nature too like this this stuff happens if if humans never came around these kind of th invasive species happen somehow some species gets introduced to an environment where it has no natural predators, it has no checks on its population, and it overtakes the environment, and it destroys the ecosystem for a time until something comes along that can manage it. It's just, it's, it's a long cycle. And, and so in a purely unfettered, like a libertarian's wet dream, absolutely no regulations, um, economic system, that's exactly what would happen is you'd have these cycles of these mono monopolies rise up and then eventually something would happen that would come along and break their their hold on on what was going on but it, it, it's it's these forces exist in a feudal mercantilistic um, society it, it it has nothing to do with capitalism really capitalism is just trying to take advantage of them and then so but then capitalism itself is still is not a don't do anything, leave it all completely alone. It's actually a, the system is a management of free market. It's, it's taking the knowledge that market forces exist and trying to utilize that for the good. And so regulations are really baked in to capitalism. That's a thing that gets, I think, really uh, looked over and ignored and, and maybe isn't even really known but capitalism itself requires regulation of market forces. That's the whole, it, it is a regulation of market forces. And market forces themselves are responses, like regulations are part of market forces. So you get, you get something like during the industrial revolution, you get the, the robber barons and everything, and they come up and they're exploiting the workers and life's miserable for everyone. Most people are not enjoy are having a miserable time in that system. So then, what do you get? You get unions, get labor laws, you get uh, trust busting. Those things 
pop up and, and people think of that as the government coming in from above and messing with the free market. No, that's the free market bursting through and saying the, these conditions cannot be tolerated any longer because most people don't like these conditions. So we're going to force a new reality onto the situation against the will of the current monopolies. So that was my point. <laughs> Good point. Brandon, do you have something to add to that? Because if not, I want to backtrack to something else that was said. But it was, it was very thorough. <laughs> no, that was very, no, I, I don't. But I don't really have any, you know, particular qualms with it. Um, you have to completely rebut him right now. All right, seconds. well, the major problem was that everything that he said was completely correct. <laughs> Every and that doesn't sound right, so oh, he I, must have read it somewhere. I thought you were going to do the My Cousin Vinny line. You know, when he wakes up, like, the, the guy gives the opening, uh, the opening statement, and he gets woke, you know, because he – they start calling him, and they're like, you know, like Vinny, and he's like sleeping because he'd been up all night. Then he gets up, and he's like clears out his eyes, and he goes over to the to the jurist, and he's like, everything that guy said was bullshit. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, uh, we're gonna strike everything of the you know the you know whatever. Other than thank you, <laughs> I don't know. Like I thought you were gonna do that, but I guess I guess not. No, the part I was gonna go back to though was the whole. Uh, Oh shoot, my, my mind just went blank. But it was the idea that you know that if basically if you take care of if the individual takes care of themselves, so they you know looks out for themselves at the highest degree, that it's actually going to help everybody. But we know that people don't do that. That's like what do you mean? Uh, well, I, I mean like, like let's say like on individual the... family groups, like let's say you know you make the best decisions for your family, and if do everybody's we? making the and I'm saying but, if you did, but if you but did, do people and everybody was making the best decisions but for the family. Then it strengthens the community. But, but those are a pile of things. But, but how do you define best? Well, sure. No, no but I'm just I saying guess... this is. Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not putting parameters on that. I'm saying if you were, like, if you were making all the best decisions right. to move your family upward, and everybody was, if everybody was doing that, then you'd have a, a, the exact same level of poverty and everything else because. I don't see. Uh, no, because it would, it would just all work out poverty. to the same percentages, right? I. Th you, what you're talking about, it's like, uh, it's well, what economists call it. rational actors. It's like if everybody acted rationally no, I, in their I own self-interest. I understand the rational but, actor idea. But it's a there, there's a problem. Idea. It is flawed for one reason in the sense that not everyone acts rationally for one, but also two, because what we assume are rational actions is, yeah. is flawed. I, yeah, I totally get that. But let's say, let me, let me bump it. Do you want to, do you want to expand no, no, on I guess, I guess I, I kind of did because it seemed like what you were saying was if all of these things were the case, then the belief in the ethos of something like a capitalistic system makes a lot of sense. That if those things are true, then it will result in good things for everybody. Is that kind of like... Kind, yeah, kind of sort of. It's like, it's it's like, like the idea of like... But a, I don't think people do the, that. The individuals rising up as opposed to the collective, like instead of everybody... Right. But if you don't have... But, but you, you know, because there's going to always be a lack of proportionality... You know, it, you know the, the same forces that cause all the chip makers to, you know, factor themselves down until there's only a couple of big chip makers left, you know, one or two that are doing, or, or any, any kind of generalized centralization. Centralization is a natural feature of, you know, things becoming more efficient and effective. That's the market sitting out there and, those, and the forces within it figuring out how to accomplish a task. Right. If you if you were to get Congress together or or just a whole bunch of like really smart business people and say, invent the world's best I don't know train, 
it's not going to happen. They're going to sit there in committee and they're going to argue about the design and they're going to spend forever bike shedding about it. And eventually they'll produce something that'll be either over-engineered or under-engineered or extremely expensive or not as reliable as you wanted. And that's because that's not a good way to figure those things out. Markets figure those things out by doing a lot of trial and error. But those same forces act on individuals within the markets. And if you let them go long enough, what you end up with is a massive pool of capital in one particular place. Is that too much? Yes. Because mine were, I wasn't catching much of it. Keep going. So, yeah, so, so that same problem that exists and has to be regulated within, within just a general market if you want to, the market to function. Markets don't function if there's no choice for people to make. The, the same problem happens when you don't have any ability to break up the massive pools of wealth that start to you know, accumulate at the top end of a capitalistic society. And over time, what you end up with is you know, a much more stratified, you know, sort of two-tiered system. How is, it, how is this coming back into the original argument? The, the that idea, it, that, but well, that it doesn't necessarily like, help all people. I'm talking about like, in the end, we talked the, a little the, bit about the, the effect is to help a small group of people a whole lot. And everybody else, you know, maybe well, even less. Like people are much less well off generally. Like, well, yeah, but, much but, less but at the same time, capitalism is almost virtually eliminated like uh, extreme poverty throughout the world. Like, I mean, capitalism has certainly helped in that. I guess maybe you can try to make some kind of counter-argument and say it wasn't capitalism. Well, but no, no. From my I understanding, mean, like, but, but extreme well poverty. But well-implemented capitalism. Now, there, obviously, there's still great income, income uh, uh, disparity and whatnot. But. Well, sure. But, I mean, we have, you know, quite a we, – we have, we have a, a large homeless population. We have lots of people in jail. We have – you know, lots of, and, and you can attribute yeah. those to, to social aspects. A, I think but there's close to a million uh, people on the streets at any given time, but only, you know, like a hundred and something yeah, thousand or something. Or well, also another right. factor to consider that I don't hear brought up very much is how much of the success of capitalism is merely coincidental coincidence with um, scientific progress technological progress like the invention of nitrogen fertilizer yeah um that's but what, what do you mean like I mean, to us, our ability to feed most people you mean like if 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 they were socialist countries or communistic countries no 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 he i mean technology like capitalism is a new idea right and so oh, i mean what was that i mean what was the i'm trying to think of his name now actually adam smith. adam smith what was that 17 something i mean yeah uh, 1757 300 yeah, so it's right. been around for the most technologically advanced eras of human civilization. Sure. So you, to say right around the, that know, capitalism revolutions. is the reason that so many people are pulled up out of poverty and not— Out of extreme poverty is what I was right. talking about yeah. specifically. Right, yeah, and not because of technology. Like, who's to say that if we had remained feudal societies—I mean, I'm not saying that's a good idea, but let's say we'd remain feudal societies— but the scientific revolution still happened and technological progress still happened. Like, did capitalism cause all this technological progress? Which a lot of people just assume yes. I think that, I think that it would have definitely helped open up and uh, given more people the ability to contribute to the system, mm -hmm. you know, and be able to make greater breakthroughs because there's so many more people trying to 
raise themselves Brant up. brought up a good system. point. The the invention of nitrogen. Um, I'm unfamiliar or with not that. invention of nitrogen, I'm, I'm sorry. With that, so. But uh, the <laughs> a star invented that. Right. <laughs> the the uh, invention of a method for for um, pulling it from the air to use as fertilizer was invented by a German, I can't remember his name, under Kaiser Wilhelm's Germany. So this was not a capitalist society. Well, and it was yeah, well, it was part of their, you know, Kaiser Wilhelm world before pre-World War 1. Yeah. He's the he also invented mustard gas. Yeah. So he, he won a Nobel Prize and was tried as a war criminal. And you're saying they, weren't, they didn't have a, comp, a capitalistic economy at the time? No, they were, uh, I mean, they, they, they were a, a... I'd have to look into what's that. What's it called? Anyway. Feudal society, is that what you're trying to look for? Because no, no, I know, it was, I know it was the, a, it was the a more Russians centralized still were. It would be more socialist um, uh, in nature, probably. I mean, it was a monarchy, uh, very all, centralized. All I know is like any, <laughs> any like actual socialism or communism hasn't exactly run. worked in the last hundred years. Like there were individual was... businesses that work, but even like uh, a lot of the Nordic countries and stuff, it's not like their whole I guess mercantilistic not, would probably be the best way to describe, yeah. describe it. Mercantilism. I'd, I'd, have to, I'd have to find out more information. I, there was something I was wanting to go back to. though. Yeah, no, not that, because there's still more to talk about on this. I guess the, the idea, it's, it's kind of like what we were talking about before, and I don't want to delve into it, but the whole you know, uh, intellectual dark web. Um, but what, it, some, what, what some of the people in that, in that same group, like Jordan Peterson, they eventually break down that the, the greatest minority is the individual. So that's kind of what I'm, that's kind of what I'm pointing to yeah. here, is that the individual, you know, like it starts with the individual. Because like in terms of, well, I'm going to help this whole group or this whole group needs to do better. Well, how's that group going to do better? The best way on to the do individual that is level. to provide as, as level a playing field for opportunity as you can. So in other words, you take away the obvious barriers to mobility and ability to uh, help yourself. You basically try to make it as easy as possible for people to pull themselves up. You know, the, yeah. um, um, like the American, for, you know, with the Disabilities Act, one of the things that happened from that is, every, is they went around and cut, you know, little ramps into the corners of all the streets, right? Which is a huge effort, but the, I think that's kind of stupid. The, the point of that was that not all that of the, part. I'm talking about like the, the, like uh, the for blind people, the uh, ADA ramps everywhere. Like there's not there's not a lot of blind people walking around, guys. Right, and but they're the, certainly not out that, there walking around by themselves. Well, I don't know about blind, but <laughs> I mean the ramps are a little bit. But they those have like are more for little, like wheelchair people, I think. But the, the the bumps, those are for blind people. Oh, the okay. Because I'm, I'm, I'm talking about the ADA crosswalks. Talking about the ADA crosswalks. Well, he's talking about a a different aspect of them but the, the there's a texture that they're yeah that's there. but they're, that's, kind of, they're kind of for people you know, of course I want, I want people to be on wheelchairs and, and other like motorized well, and, scooters and, and things the point like that, of that to was to get around like you could say oh that's that's like some sort of like social handout you're you're giving special treatment to the disabled people but the purpose of but, just because we don't that, them off mountains anymore. well but before that huh. but the, what what we did was we had to have you know a person who pulled the wheelchair everywhere for them because they couldn't get up on, you know, they couldn't cross streets without the help of an aid. Mm -hmm. And so by doing this, what they did was enabled them to become parts of the workforce to get themselves yeah. around without help. In other words, it was, it was a, it was a mechanism by which we as a, a culture allowed and enabled people. Um, we took away an obstacle to self-determination and, and the funny thing is, is it ended up being helpful for pretty much everybody. Well, 
that was just, I mean, it's, who wants to step up a whole six inches? Right, but, Not I me. mean, no, you got, like, for strollers, shopping carts. Oh, um, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, thought about Luggage, that. all that kind of stuff. Everyone can see the benefit of these cutouts for, and it was, that right. wasn't why they were put But what in. were the objections at the time? Oh, well, I'm a small business, and... You know, I, I I can't afford to put in a wheelchair ramp. It's this this is the federal government putting in heavy regulations we that to are fight just with like businesses about the, about this well, shit. Right, right. You know, it's it's it's. But but when it was going coming into play, that was like one of the big criticisms. Oh, I could see just that. Gonna, I mean, I guess like, I haven't heard that. This is the big part, but I can this believe is the it. big big government coming in and trying to like force their you know mm -hmm. will on everybody. But what's really going on there is the opposite. It's enabling people to have more right to self-determination that's i think when america's functioning well that's what it does and that's that's the purpose of a social welfare system it's not to just give people stuff to to like hang around and never do anything it's to enable them to help themselves through you know in some form well i was actually still going to go a different direction than this uh you know because we were, we were talking about like breaking it down to the the most basic level and the biggest minority being the individual but and, you know, and, and people like looking out for themselves, which ends up equaling the whole being better, right? That's what I was talking about. And getting back to like, let's say, let's say some of Trump's policies, right, are very nationalistic. And I think, you know, like for a country, because I know we all, I know we disagree on this already, but for a country, I think the, the best way for a country to look out for themselves is to really look out for themselves, to be nationalistic. Because if you build up your country as strong as possible, and every, because the country is going to care the most about your country is you. Person who's going to care most about your family is you. Person who's going to care most about yourself is probably you. That's what I'm kind of getting to. Like, you have to look out for yourself. You know, I'm not saying be selfish. I'm saying we have to look out for ourselves. France has to look out for France. You know, Great Britain has to look out for Great Britain. And if all those countries, if they're trying to look out for themselves and do the best for their own people, then all these countries are going to do better. You know, instead of like, well, let's just give, let's give to this global community, right? Which could potentially, if you were a rich country, could hurt your country. Yes, it, hurt, it helps them over there. But trying to sell it to your people... Well, I it's guess difficult for one. My rebuttal to that. I'm not, I'm not okay, saying it's more sorry. moral. My, 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 no, my no, thing no. is not saying that it's a moral way. I'm saying that it might be the most effective way for countries to pull themselves up because if they're looking out specifically for yourself instead of like all these people over there, like focus on your own populations. Well, and right, actually, that, I, I want to get to immigration here in a second. But I, we, we I do, have but, something to say about immigration. Go we, ahead, Brett. I would say, we, you know, we, we often kind of make those mistakes when we do do aid. Like, well, you know, we might say, you know, here – Here's a country, and the and you know what would really help this country would be you know a, a road system between two of its major cities. So we'll go in there and we'll build a bridge for them. But we built it with our engineers and our workers, and now they didn't gain any knowledge. They just gained a bridge that they don't have any ability to maintain, and now they owe us. You know, and and we've done a lot of that, and I and I don't think, you know, in terms of like taking care of America. That's a very good way to take care of America, but it's, you know, at least, you know, at least economically because somebody profits. If, if we teach them how to do it, we don't profit. But those kinds of attitudes, the idea that if we just help ourselves first, you know, that, that, that if we consider our own policies only within our borders and, and don't have an enlightened sense of self-interest that extends beyond our borders, then we create problems for ourselves that are a lot more amorphous and happen down the road. Our policies that affect, uh, you know, governments in South America that lead to the, you know, crisis of people who are fleeing to America now—they're not, 
most of those people probably would have preferred to have just stayed in their home country that they loved and, you know, had it not turned into a crap hole. But, you know, just acting in our own self-interest can be damaging to, to others. Just like acting mostly in your own self-interest as the individual, if you, if you look at everything from that perspective, or, you know, the, the individual or just a particular family unit, if you're going to always act in your own self-interest without, re you're not always, you ha to, to fully do that, I guess, you have to look out for the interests of others. There's no way to look out for your own interest without being outward looking. If everything I do comes at the expense of the people around me, eventually the things around me are gonna be pretty crappy and that's not going to be good for me. That's the whole purpose of having a society and, a, and a, the planet as a group of nations is really you know, a set of neighbors, a set of you know, sovereign regions that have you know, mutual interests with one another. And that if you're not going to look out at the other countries as a country and say, it's within my interest to not let that country turn into a hellhole just because I want my company to make a, prof a bigger profit, then you're not looking out for your own self-interest. Self-interest should be one that has an outward-looking expression. Otherwise, you're just ignoring the fact that, that the things that you do affect the world and thus affect you. Yeah, I'm actually not disagreeing with you on that. I just think, you know, because I, th I definitely think there's a balance. I mean, there's a balance. I'm not, I don't, I'm not saying it's, you know, like people kind of talk about capitalism, like, yeah, like hype, you know, like people try to throw around like hypercapitalism, like that, uh, uh, what's her name, Alexandria or, or Ayn Rand? No, oh. Alexandria <laughs> or Kasia, whatever her name, that 28-year-old. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, from New York. Um, yeah, yeah Cor Cortez. Yeah. I can't Ocasio remember, yeah, whatever, Cortez, what, yeah, whatever her name is. You know, she's talking about like hypercapitalism or whatever. But uh, we don't actually have that. Like, because, yes, I mean, like, how, like if it was just crazy capitalism with no safety nets, yeah, that's a scary-ass system. I mean, I don't agree with that system. So it's the same kind of thing on this. Like, I still agree with some balance, surely. But I think I probably lean more towards the individual than the collective than you guys do. I'm guessing that just based on our own conversations. But I would say we're closer to hypercapitalism than we are to socialism. I don't know. Well, I would say even like We're, our attempts at being that's, that's, that's a tough one. I, nice I don't know. to the world Depends community. On, I don't know what you mean by socialism. I, well, well just, just like we have a lot of socialist countries, run, but they're do very you mean capitalistic. Like, uh, like, like, like the Sweden Canadian and, model. Do you, and I don't, I'm not saying Canada's socialist. I'm saying they have like more socialist I'm ideas. I'm saying like if have. you take all of the um, capitalistic Western country, uh, you know, first world countries in the world, and you put them on a scale, We'd be the furthest towards hypercapitalism, which yeah. is probably why, That's in prob terms of well, like I, wealth, I'm not, I can't say it's definitely we're not. That I'm sure we're on the, high, that end, though. You know, what's that? So, which is why, like, you know, in terms of wealth, you know, we're not that high relative to a lot of other countries. What do you mean? Uh, just like. You okay, mean so on an individual if, level? Yeah, like per if you were to take yeah, if you were to take yeah, but that's not, not per capita that's not really income, fair. Per, cap, or, per capita GDP. Yeah, for instance, there's a lot of. You it's know, not exactly fair with some of those countries, though. But why? Because like, if, let's say well, like well, with Norway. But if how's their GDP? Are you talking yeah. about like individuals? Or are you talking about the country? Because if you go like per person, it's not fair, like at all, because they they have such a small country and they have plenty of resources. But we have there's no way of resources, and well, we have 320 million people. It is a little unfair with those Scandinavian countries because they do. They have a lot of money from oil and fishing. Okay, so what about Ireland? But, 
But yes, there but you the, go. what resources do I, they I don't, have? I don't know how. I don't. I don't. Well, I don't they know have a much higher per capita GDP than I. See, than we you're, do. you're talking about statistics, so on that one, I do not know. Is now for the Scandinavian countries, I've seen that information yeah, before. But that's true for Ireland. But too, I also understand it. I didn't know Ireland was, were very similar. Potatoes. They do have. Oh, but that's actually an import. Well, then what do they trade then? How would they have that much money? That'd be the question. Because I, mean, I mean, we do we do quite well for ourselves. I mean, like because we're up there, right, like right. In, but in terms of you know they, on on an individual level, they're we're not the air, top. they're not as stratified. That's the difference. I don't know. I, I I don't have enough information on it to be able to say yes or no. So whatever you're saying, I it's couldn't just, argue let's with just you. Say it's true. I would just no, have to agree is. with you. I did, they or not, do, or at they least definitely say. have a higher per capita GDP than than America. Yeah, that that might very well might and, be true. I don't know. And you know that's, you know, who knows all the reasons for that? But like, I think a lot of times we think of America as like this incredibly wealthy place. You know, the like we're we're number one in all these kinds of. Factors, but like <laughs> in terms of wealth, I think we kind of we we have. If you don't count the EU as a country, we're the biggest economy in the world. Per capita, we're not, but we're not even. You know, there's many many countries. Don't that we have still much, beat the EU? No, the EU. Is I know a, we're. More, I know we're more consumerist, uh, consumeristic than the sure, entire sure, block. But we have a consumeristic, a little bit different than than. Yeah, I, well, than that, that was the last. Output, that was the last. Uh, is, that was the last numbers I'd seen, and we were in terms of consumerism. We were much higher than them, but I I, I haven't seen the uh, the total in a while. I I well consumers and then I'd also like have to look at total population. How much you're consuming, not your economic uh, output. Because what are there like 28 countries in the EU? Yeah, something like that. Or, um, yeah, but the EU as a block has a bigger economy than, than the United States. Um, but not by much. And how many 18.9 trillion for the EU and 18.3 trillion for the U.S. How many? What's but the, the population? EU though? has 507 million versus 319 million for yeah. the U.S. So it actually. Comes out a little bit favorable for I the mean, U.S. I mean, of course, that's counting. That's counting like that's counting Turkey, and that's not, not, not Turkey, but um, in the EU, they're not no, in the EU. They oh, never, they didn't they're make in, it. They're, they're in NATO. NATO. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Because I, I was just listening the other day about them being in NATO, so that's what got me. The the big um, uh, the big because well, they didn't on get, EU would be Erdogan Greece, stuff, right? Isn't mm-hmm. that why they didn't get the would EU? Would be Greece. It'd well, be Greece and some of those and those countries and maybe Spain too, but I think they've turned it around. Yeah, they've been having a lot of austerity issues. Um, because of some of their programs, but I mean, th- at the same time, like, because I, I hate, I also hate comparing the EU and the United or the Europe and the United States because we put so much money into our military, and they put like nothing. So they can they can invest in their people more, and they can do all kinds of stuff with that money. And imagine if we didn't have to build the military that we have to build. Or well, why do we? Build I don't the say military have to. That we have to I, build. I don't mean that because uh, I because you know I, I want to I actually want to cut the military. Um, but imagine if we didn't have to. Imagine if we were in the same position where someone would protect us um, if anything happened. And, uh, and you could just invest in your people. Like, holy shit, that'd be such a, like, that's such a bonus that you just can't, it's not even, I don't know, it's well, not I would, imaginable. I would suspect that, you know, we could probably manage our military more efficiently and invest more in people. But we, have a, we, have a, we, we tend to want to do things that are very short-sighted. We want to fix the problems in a, in a short way and not necessarily Which is over a long-term another, way. well, kind of, it, it's similar to what you said earlier, Brent, but it's kind of the problem with the whole do things in my own self, self-interest always works out for the society's self-interest. Because a lot of times your self-interest only goes for the next few years. Right. Or, or even, de- like, you might do something that will be bad for you a month later, but in that moment, it's the best thing for you. I ate all the Oreos. Right. You know, you know it's so we have a we have a planning problem when we consider our self-interest. We're very short-sighted. So that's one way that the self-interest thing breaks down. 
the other thing I would say, like, I don't disagree with you that there's some things that if you act in your self-interest, whatever that may be, it pretty much always translates to good things for society. But yeah, but I don't think it's universal for every action. It certainly depends for on every the level. possible oh, I action. I think I, it's. I agree with you. There's some things that it kind of always works out that way, and some things where it almost never works out that way when you when you take that approach. Um, I, I'm not even saying that I that I do this on like an individual level. I'm saying like a nationalistically, I, I do believe in the principle at least to some extent. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of people draining your, especially when you do have as much power as we have. In, and maybe I mean it more in terms of just America, because I feel like America's, I feel like America has been taken advantage of, and maybe, maybe well, I'm actually no, wrong. No, I think it's the other way around. It could very well be but, wrong. But it, I, I see what. It depends it's, on. I think it's actually. It's I, probably I'm both. Wrong. I think it's, <laughs> it's actually yeah. probably both. I think part of it is we, you know, went out and and you know do a lot of certain types of aid, but we don't do it in a way that's particularly helpful, and a lot of other countries, you know, took advantage of that and just kind of, you know, rested on. You know the the knowledge that America would always be there doing those things or funneling all that money in or whatever, and that you know sh- is not a very good assumption. But there were better ways. You know, if we actually, if we actually cared or were making mm-hmm. a good faith attempt to do the things that we claim to have been doing, we wouldn't have been doing them in the way that we. You know, we pushed the idea of the profit of our own companies first, and that was really good for the short term because it brought a lot of wealth to those companies. You give these contracts to, you know, whatever you know private industries that we so contract every out time to we do. Go to war. But it's it, sure, but it's not even, even just peace. war. Even even, yeah. Or you know maybe we're going to go build hospitals in in some well, some other country or whatever. Like we USA. were like, oh, we'll we'll do. Sure, we'll help you build this hospital, but you know you need to use this U.S. pharma supplier. You know, and if if you use these, if you agree to use our our pharmaceutical suppliers, then we'll build you a hospital. Seems like a really good deal, and but it also makes it look like we're just pouring all this money in, when you know we wouldn't be doing those things if there wasn't a return on the investment. And also, the other thing is, is like yeah, we talk. Of, I mean, it, this was a bigger problem during the Cold War, but. We talked a, a whole lot about our ideals of spreading democracy, of spreading even capitalism. Really, that's you know that was like, oh, that's the modus, the mo- motivation for us for opposing the Soviets on the world stage. Why we have to get involved, but really, we didn't follow that at all. What we did is we picked regimes that said they would support us, and we actively suppressed democracy if it was going in the favor of a communist, if they're going in a communist direction instead of a capitalist direction. And, and that's, another, that's another example where in that short term, oh, we stopped this country from joining the communist bloc. So we're stopping the spread of red communism. That's a good thing. That's in our self-interest in this moment. But what all those actions collectively have done over decades is generated a lot of ill will towards the United States. At the end of nineteen uh, of World War II, we were the most liked country probably in the history of the world. Um, everyone looked to America around the world as a shining example of of virtue and the the best that humanity could hope to be. And we slowly but surely squandered all of that goodwill 
through our actions um, over the next I, hundred years. I think I think a lot of people would you know now defend years. the fact. Like I think there are people who actually kind of hold up that dislike of us as some sort of badge of honor. Like those people are others, and the fact that they dislike us just means they're jealous of us. Or you know, without saying, maybe like some of our actions did have you know, negative consequences both for ourselves and for the for the places that we inter- intervened. It's like we're Anakin Skywalker. We were the chosen uh, one. I'm, he lost me. We were supposed <laughs> to destroy the Sith, not become them. No, I mean... <laughs> there's a little... No, I... It, there's the like, I feel like we have a lot of lip service to ideas and, and not a lot of follow-through to the actual morals that we pretend to, like, uphold. Well, we'd have, we'd, have, we'd have to go through case by case because I, I still think, though, that a lot of these European countries, man, if they can, if, they can, if like a France can thumb their nose at us, you know, at some kind of an EU meeting or, or if the EU can be like, oh, we don't, you know, we don't like what you're doing with Israel or whatever they can do, whatever they can do to thumb their nose at us. Oh, they love to do it because it's like, oh, you know, America is so big and bad and I can just thumb my nose at them. I see Chris's face and I hate Chris's face right now. I hate it so much. Um, He's got but no, they they absolutely love to thumb their nose, and it drives me nuts. But 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 that's like what? But Don't why would it bother thing? you? Like, why does it bother you? It, like, because I feel like it would bother us. Here's what I think. I no, think I think a lot of people I think, think they do it just think, for show. I think it's I don't think it's like a. Oh, no, sure. There's there's always mm-hmm. there's always posturing, but but no, I I think a lot of times what happens with people is they say America's the best, right? And they're like we're yeah. the greatest. What of it? And so when somebody thumbs their nose at us, they're like, you're, 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 the, the intuition is they don't like that we're great or they That's don't right. recognize well, our actually, greatness. Actually, there's some, there's some truth to this. And so they I'm would all, be so speaking my German right like, now. So, my, so, yeah. <laughs> so, so maybe like Possibly an interesting true. question is, or Russian. is, you know, like, could you come up with a set of metrics that measure the, the sort of perception of greatness that people have to justify it? Could you say... Here are the things that we're number one in. And Dude, like the, being, when I say number it's one. It's an overall number one, Brent. It's not a number one in every category. I mean, any category. That one? Military strength? Yeah. <laughs> but, what is the, but military strength is just the ability to be a we bully. We will stomp your guys' you know, like asses. The ability to. Uh, that's, a, a, the size that, of the economy the, or GDP? I mean, there's a, lot of, uh, there's a lot of economic factors you could look at that we'd be number one in. I think by far. probably just total GDP. I guarantee you we're not number one in, in per capita GDP. I guarantee you. Well, yeah, that's not fair not, when you're going against in, countries that have three million people. We're number one in entertainment monopolies. There you go. Boom. Entertainment monopolies. Good job, Chris. Chris with the save. Yeah. No, <laughs> no, no entertainment company about, is bigger than Disney. You know, do we, do there, you're not yeah. going to give me that one commercial that everybody posts on Facebook and then they feel like, oh, I totally, like, you know, they post that one thing with the. I can't. It's Are you know that like weird movie clip? No, yeah, sorta, sorta with the There's guy like, from Dumb what? and Dumber, and he's like, yeah. "Well, how's America number one in anything?" Oh, blah, blah, yeah, blah, that's from no. the and, newsroom by you Aaron get these, Sorkin. You get yeah. these like, no, uh, like centrist to leftist people. But that's just like a false dichotomy that thing. That's just yes, like, but they think that they're enlightened. They'll be like, "Whoa, I told you we weren't number one. This fucking no, thing but, says no, it." I wasn't trying to say we're not number one. But I'm it sounds like that's what you're about to get. No, I'm trying to say. So we are number one. What? Let's be honest. In what way? I guess. Always. But like, like what makes us outside of our ability to just tyrannically impose our will on people because we have the largest military, what makes us actually great? And I don't, I don't think you love this country. And what, 
No, you know, I like, what, what I, I would what I'm trying know, to say being, is if I was I being serious, if I were is, being serious in terms of like the founding of the country, I guess I couldn't point to a lot of things that we're doing. Okay, this second necessarily, um, but it would be it would, I would focus more on the founding of this country, the founding principles of this country, and uh, but do you think we uphold those anymore? Like the the idea, like I think we I think we spent a lot of pay time homage like, to them, but not like, necessarily like in the right way. Immigration in particular <laughs> is. One of the things that, you know, that has been, you know, one of the the largest strengths of, you know, America over the years. Yeah. You mean like pulling in like, uh, like highly educated immigrants? No, no. Or just like the poor people can't even speak the language here that that don't want to assimilate. That also don't want to assimilate. We say that, but they always do. Who does assimilate? Everyone. All of them eventually. Everyone assimilates? Resistance is futile. I, I saw something. I, I, I want to say this this week. There was there was a, it was a poll that was talking about how many households in America don't speak English at home. But why is and why it was, is, I think it was actually at the highest percentage because you got to be able to communicate with everybody. Like well, no, in, I, like I let's see an immigrant I'm, that comes here that can't. Maybe you're not speaking English at home doesn't mean you can't speak English. Well, I don't know. I don't know how people well, right, can't because, speak English because because a lot of times I, what it happens does, is it, it was can't speak English at home. That is true, and I understand that it's not necessarily right, because it's not necessarily correlate. Because a lot of times it's you know the kids are learning English, but they speak yes. they speak whatever language yes, at home with their I, parents. I've seen other studies and that, that has say potentially after over like two, and over and over like and two over. generations, two three generations, and you know, like, usually people uh, assimilate to some extent. Like my mostly my mom's side of the family, like her grandmother spoke French. That was what they spoke, and you know mom couldn't understand them. Obviously, you know that was just the end of that generation. You know, you know, obviously their children learned English you know, and stuff, but, the, you know, there's always that, you know, not everybody learns it in the first generation, yeah, but, but here's that's a, okay. Like, yeah, that's a second ago, happened. A second ago, you're like, oh, America's so far behind in, in a per capita GDP, and then you're like, well, let's bring in all these poor people. <laughs> well, no, that's <laughs> like, not what I'm saying. What do you that, want is that, here? Is that, is let's that be honest here. When we have those influxes of immigrants, it, it has a positive effect on the economy. Not, not bringing in just the poorest people. That's not true because they're, they're also going to be a drain on the economy. There's no they, way. That's they, what they, we did all the way up but, but, through but the last Here's 70s. what I say. Like, I always hear that. I, I, I hear that on side. You're talking about the poorest of the poor people. I've never seen any evidence for it. People are like, oh, look at this. It, you know, it has, a, has localized drains on you know, a school system. It has localized drains that's on true. things like emergency rooms, et cetera. Yes, that's true, too. Those but are your statistics. On take both those and, and net it out with the, with the economic gains over the course and of 50 years. And people also sending money see, back to Mexico. There's sure. a tr- tremendous amount of but money you gets sent back to Mexico. But, but the, the problem is that, the, is that immediate short-term drains are not an indication of the overall impact any individual has on the economy over the course of their lifetime. What about 20 and million people that aren't paying into income tax? You know, or, or plus, you know, who well, knows? Those, who the knows people who people aren't are paying income taxes are most certainly spending plenty of money and... Or sending it back to their home country. Sure, <laughs> but if they want to live frugally, but they're still They do live be, frugally because there's so many people. But, that, you know, maybe but what are they doing? Are they, are they, they doing work? Or is that, does that contribute to our economy at all? Do we gain anything by having people who... I don't know that we do. You know, uh, here's, here's what I think well, we but gain. Wait, wait, wait. By gain. the way, they're not paying income taxes. Why? Because they're illegal. They're off the radar because our policies forbid them from being here. So if we legalized them and made it so that they worked here legally, they would be paying income taxes. Okay, I don't understand that. I don't understand that point, but I, I mean, no, I, no, no. We're talking okay, about legal sure. immigration. We're we're talking about making it easier to have legal immigration. 
of the poorest of the poor, and you're and then you bring in well, well you've got 20 million illegal people you who do. aren't paying taxes. Well, no, but hey, yeah, but saying, if they were legal, like if they were legal, they would be paying taxes. So that's it's kind well, of they'd like they'd be paying more taxes anyway. Right, they'd be paying more income taxes. No, that doesn't mean that they wouldn't qualify for you know earned income tax credits or whatever else. Because a lot of times, you know, you'll end up paying less than income tax, but you pay into Social Security and Medicaid and a bunch of other things, even if you get your tax you know, your actual tax money back. So it's not like you don't pay in, even if you don't pay income tax. If you don't pay income tax, you're still going to be paying Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid. Yep. And you're also going to be paying consumption taxes on every single thing that you purchase. You're going to be paying vehicle registration fees. You're going to be paying gas taxes. Like all of those things are... are Actually, there's studies that are, say that Social Security is being held afloat by illegal immigrants. That's what they say. But I guess Even, I mean, like, like, there's a lot of people get paid underneath like the table with cash, so I don't see. Yeah, it's, it's hard to. It's I mean, hard yeah, to know maybe some fully. sales tax in some places, but in some of the countries, or some of these countries, but, some of the states along the border, you know, they don't have. Some of them don't have sales tax either. But, so you know, like, and it, like, it depends. Hmm. Obviously, like, people have opinions about it. Like, oh, you know, because it's absolutely true that the drains on on hospitals and and school systems happen, and they're real. You can't say that they're not, but you know. There's a lot of evidence to suggest that the long-term, you know, net effect of those people contributing to the economy is overall positive, and you know, it's just that those things are less immediate. That's long-term, not short-term, and those are things that take place over the course of, you know, 25, 50 years or even more, you know, because, you know, immigrants start a lot more businesses. You know, they also probably fail a lot more businesses. That that. Having well, all but those I think aspects we, in we the need to be careful. We need to be careful a lot on, on blending legal immigration with illegal immigration. Well, I think a lot of that is I'm legal immigration when you're talking about the statistics of legal immigrants creating more jobs, uh, right. or not more jobs, but but creating more businesses um, than the average American or something like that. But I, I'd not, actually not like to delve into more. our it's, legal it's, immigration it's system the, as well. It's that, yeah. I mean, part of the part of the problem has to do with. Sorry. It's all reflection. No, I, I was just making sure that, that, that it didn't stop or something because every, every once in a while things get a little crazy. But, but that, you know, that it's a combination of problems. And we, we, we've got this idea that the right way to solve it is to just be very, very, you know, diligent about security on our borders as the solution where I think that's just like that's not really addressing the issues think we should have a better mechanism for people to come in. I also think that, you know, that we should reconsider the policies that make people, you know, flee their home countries and come here in the first place. Like, you, you know, you, we don't necessarily need, you know, everybody fleeing, you know, war-torn countries or, or gang violence just to, just because you know, their their home is, is terrible to come here. Especially the gang violence. But we, the war torn I totally get. But we you know, like our population growth is kept up mostly by immigration. Like we I think it was the first year no, it was they're saying what are they saying? Have we already had the first year or did that or did that article say that twenty thirty would be the first year we'd have more what did that article say earlier, Chris? The Browning of America. From I don't know. I mean, I know that it was, it was saying that, that like elementary was, school was is already that, non, not majority. Yeah, white. but they, it was saying either that, like it just passed or it's going to pass by 2030. 
I can't remember now. What what in terms of minority tells? children born compared well, to that, that, minority that, okay, anymore? Yeah. Like, well, but yeah, minority but, but newborns, no, but newborns outnumbered. But still minority. I mean. Minority newborns outborn, outnumbered white. Was that now? Um, that happened in like 2014 or something. Okay, so it was it okay? And then they were saying by okay. But but they, the article is also kind of pushing back against the idea that it's a sure thing that by 2040. It's going to be a majority minority. Well, yeah, we don't, because, I, and I don't even care. I mean, like I know people some people get, are freaked out by that, but I'm not freaked yeah, out like, by that. And, and also, long, once, as as they have once the right people ideals, get I mean. some economic growth, then they tend to have fewer children again. So, you know, like that's you know just typically the, the way it happens. I, know, I can't are, think have, of have more have more money tend to tend to have fewer children. I can't think of any more statistics that conflict that conflict more than whether or not uh, a high influx of illegal immigrants are good or bad for the economy. Well, I, see is, so much on, well, I see so much on both sides, well, illegal and I'm not is sure much what harder. I believe on it. I guess what I was saying Well, because it's kind of, it's kind of like a dark area. It's like the shadows. would have been like for you know, all of those people who were you know, coming illegally to not be spending all of their time doing these terrible crossings, dying in the desert, some of them getting through, right? Like having that be the way that this happens and then them living off of the grid or, you know, not really, you know, registered in any sort of legal way, it would have been much better to have seen that, okay, we have a lot of people wanting to come in. Partially that's because their home countries are really struggling. Some of that might be because of our policies. Some of it's not because of our policies. It's just internal, but we can provide it, provide, you know, a way for them to be here legally so that we don't have massive quantities of people that we don't really, you know, have the ability to track. And we can look at those other countries and see what we can do to, to make sure that, you know, our policies aren't contributing to the influx. Because if you're going to go over to somebody's house and burn it down and then be mad when they come, up, come to your front door, like, that's and, – and then, you, well, I just built this really great fence, so now problem solved – you know, well, I don't have to, I don't have to deal with the consequences where we of my actions. definitely can take some responsibility, but not. I mean, well, it's not I everything. Can't take but all this, I mean, it, of course, it's not everything. And sometimes a, it's going to just be. Might be overstated on some of it. Um, it's just going to be that, you know, there are internal, no, you know, conflicts within countries. I totally you know, get. So what? So what do you think? The, what do you think the the uh, the answer is? Because I think we have to have. I think you know, there's a lot of reasons why we have to have some type of border security or immigration laws. One is just simply like every country needs them because, like, imagine if we didn't have them, right? These other countries that are trying to also build up and to try to all, you know, they're trying to keep their populations and to try to keep their populations growing and people paying on the economy and taking jobs. If America had an open border, a lot of people would move out of those economies, which in some instances might help those, some of the countries, but it also might hurt them. You know, they're also losing the people that they might need to uh, keep building a better economy. And, and I, so I get it. Like, I, I get there's different things at play here, you know. How much I guess help part us, how much of it, hurt us. Um, part of my calculation on it is the fact that it's happen. It's going. It's obviously just this is what's happening, right? So we can either bury our hand, head in the sand and pretend like this is something that is um, just a matter of building a wall or tightening, or getting better border security. It, 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 we have pretty good border security already. I mean, we. We're, I mean, here's what. And, here's and what that tells still me. Is, oh, no, no, like but we're still security. not number one in border security. Oh, I bet Israel I bet still you. beats us. But I want to be number one in border <laughs> security too. We need to be number one at more things. But the but the 
but the, the our border security is very good. People are Japan crossing. Japan probably has better border yeah, it's true. security. Yeah, they do have the, those good storms too. <laughs> but like people are people, the number of people who are dying in the desert, the number of people who are crossing in just these terrible, horrible, you know, awful ways, suggests that like they wouldn't be doing, they wouldn't be going through all of that if if it was okay to be where they were, you know, like, I guess I feel like the narrative is really just the idea that most of the people who are crossing aren't people fleeing from anything or just trying to have a better life, that somehow that they are intrinsically like un-American simply because they, because they, they came, you know, by the only means that they were able to. That, that somehow the, the bulk of them are, you know, inferior people to have in our country and that we don't want them. Some of them, I assume, are good people. It's, <laughs> that was very well timed. That was pretty like, good. I, Chris is usually not that, very good with timing. No, but, but he was good on was, that one. But he, I find that he narrative came at the right time. problematic because it allows us to absolve ourselves of thinking about it. It's like, you know, you, obviously nobody can, you can't help everybody, you know, if I, I've, it's hard for me to like walk by homeless people because I can't feed every single one of them or put them all yeah, up in my house. Because you already have 10 then, living like, in your house. I mean, yeah, I mean how many more homeless people can I take Chris's, in? Chris's basement is stuffed. Yeah. You know? like, it's, no one said they had to be living. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, and if you stack them horizontally, <laughs> they, you can yeah, actually fit more. more of them. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> But, wow, uh, Jesse, too far. You know, like, You're the next one kicked but off I didn't the say they were dead. You said they were dead. I, they could still be that's alive. That's too far. Stacked. I'm sorry. Nope, that's worse. You know, but, but also, like, you know, a country is a little bit different than an individual. We, you know, the reason we produce, you know, the, the, the social systems we have is to, is to solve problems or to provide solutions that one individual can't handle. Right? We... You know, we, we can build a homeless shelter as a group much easier than one person can house, you know, a, a hundred people. And, you know, the same thing is true at the, at the level of, of countries. And if we just hide all the homeless people, no one's going to care about the homeless population. We're hiding them in San Francisco right now. All of them. San Diego. On the street. But, like, if it's not. Yeah, in San Diego like where the, everything the, is terrible, we do, right? We do do these things where we, where, we, where we intentionally, you know, do things like we put up stuff on park benches so you can't lay on them. No, I think we that's ridiculous. And all of those things well, are just. I don't think we should have homeless people. Those things are so. just a way for us to not have to look at the problem. They allow us to pretend it yep. doesn't exist and it can stay out of sight. The wall is the same thing. And the idea of having ultra-strong border security is a way for us to not have to look at the people who are suffering on the other side I don't know about like that. they allow us to not take any moral responsibility as citizens of the world. And what I mean, I, I, I don't like that. I don't like it being framed as a moral. Like, I but mean, it is to some degree. It's, but it's I never going to be purely just a national. But I mean, imagine, thing imagine how many people there the are. Like, I mean, like to be moral, you have to take all these people in. No, like, I'm not your saying obligation that you have to be for to the take, country is to take care your of your obligation people. Obligation isn't necessarily to take care of every single person who comes to your border. Your obligation is to not pretend it's not happening. And what you do with that is a thing that you decide as a nation, right? If you have massive influxes of people, people are coming, people are suffering, people are fleeing violence all over, that, that's probably an indication that something important is happening in the world. The people who are coming into, you know, there, there's 
you know, the EU is struggling with their own migration policies, and that's because the, the Syrian refugee crisis has led to the largest movement of refugees since World War II. That's a thing that's happening. And Thanks, we don't really know how to address that, obviously. <laughs> but, but the same thing is happening to, on a smaller scale with you know, the U.S. border. And we need to be able to look at it and decide what to do instead I, of just saying, well, they can't come. They're not American. We have to take care of our own. That's all we can do. The best we can do. We're already a really, well, we're plus really the, good. Plus the 20 we're million extra people. we have. <laughs> we can only take care of our other people, our own people, and the 20 million others in the shadows standing over there. Yeah, I mean. As a percentage of the population, not historically Actually, not significant, but actually, I think that's, uh, isn't that incorrect? That don't we have, the, well, maybe it's just, well, and, maybe and it's not percentage-wise. Like, like at first, when Trump it's was not elected, fair to look at total numbers. All, you know, the, the number of people yeah, trying to cross were because I want to say way it's like a, I want to say it's like sixteen yeah. percent or something like that of like foreign-born uh, Americans or something like that. Maybe it's even higher. But even then, it's like that's like forty, you know, you know, forty million or something like that. Right. More than that, you know, it's like between forty and sixty million. Um, but like no, like when Trump was first kind of elected and, and even just looked like he was going to be elected, and he was, you had a lot of very harsh anti-immigrant rhetoric. Border crossings had dropped for a little bit, they but they picked back up. They picked back up. And they're, and, all, they're closer to normal now. And I think that's, you know, a reflection of the fact that, you know, do you think people are really want to? I don't think people are feel like they're going to feel welcome in America right now. That's just not the perception people are going to have, just because of the outward rhetoric of the country. And despite that, people are still coming, and they're they're trying desperately to get here because we're the you know, only really strong economy except for Canada on the continent, right? I wish you more know, of really go to Canada. Come on, Canada, step up. Be a world, uh, be a worldly player. Well, yeah, on, on two continents, to be fair. Yeah, and so obviously it's not just everybody's trying to take advantage of the system, come in and ruin everything. They're just people. That doesn't mean that we have to take them all. Acting that in mean, their own self-interest. That doesn't mean that... that that we are obligated as a nation to take care of every single person who knocks on our door. But it, I do think it, it means that we need to look beyond our borders. And that yeah, whole idea of being, an, being totally isolationist is wrong. But also the way we've tended to do intervention outside of our country has been very wrong. I have a couple of problems with this because it's not that I'm even, you know, I'm actually pro-amnesty. Um, I mean, that's more of a practical thing, though. Like, there's just not well, anything practical. else we can do. Yeah, I, can think I think of. that's I think that's that's part of it as well. And I'm not even I'm not even worried about so many people coming here. But let's see, let's see, you get too many. You get too many people coming here from places that you know don't have the same uh, necessarily the same morals that we have, the same uh, sure. lifestyle. That you get you get too many right. people Which that, that don't many share times that in America's history. But but most of those people no. that were coming before were, were Western Europeans. I'm gonna I'm um, gonna grant you Jesse this. I think that, that be, that's a danger. All right. I think it's most certainly a danger. What's with the, the with best way to manage that? To to have to, a system to, where a bunch of illegal to, people just come to in. To figure out how to help and, these people assimilate to the American life. Oh, which would how do you do it, that? But, because there are models yeah, for this that we intentionally a, don't ways. follow. There, no, no, I I agree. I think we should. One do of the things that we do is we take is we tend to take a bunch of people who have the same culture, and send them to the same location yeah and i don't like that it's a terrible idea because then you just it's then you just, very hard but, but, but you're but, you better know, that's off, no different that's you're better off separating them that's actually no di well 
but that's actually no different not than what it happened separating initially. Separating yeah. you know, individual but, like groups. Like when the saying, Europeans were coming here, the Europeans, they just set up little towns with all just one group from one, one country. Sure. There wasn't really like everybody's like, oh, it was a melting pot. But, but, but people but weren't how really did, mixing. Then how, did we, how did we assimilate? <laughs> some of those places never really did. Like it was just, I mean, over time, it finally just kind of went away. But there's some places like, oh, yeah, Scandinavians live over here in this town. And this place, you know, these people live over here. Even today, it's, it's like... It's called Minnesota. Yeah, and Minnesota, North Dakota. <laughs> but there's like a there's a there's a couple towns in Kansas that were specifically like settled by Scandinavians. Can't remember what they're called now, but there's like a there's a college there as well. Yeah, you got German was. towns. You've got little Italy. Yeah, because people got, they they go they still congregate. Well, that's, so even if you that's very natural. For even people if you don't sit them there, they're like, oh, do that on let's purpose. Go do that. You know? They will go congregate with. Uh, groups of people that they're more familiar with, yeah. and more comfortable with, and I and I and I get it. I, but, I but totally like, get that part. But it is, but it is possible to here's, try to set up the assimilation if you actually, if that's your goal. Here's and my it's thing. a lot easier to do that if if you let them have them come in legally instead of forcing them all to cross the desert at I, risk of death. I think I think what happens though, and it, it ends up going into different groups here. Um, I think that, that some people on the left are a little disingenuous when they say things like, oh, you know, they're not going to hurt our economy or they're not going to, you know, or, or the, let's say, or let's talk about the left on one issue here. Like, they'll be like, we, we, need, we need wages to go up. We need wages of this amount of money, but we also want an open border. <laughs> you can't have all these low-wage people coming in here and be like, we want, we want a certain amount, you know, we want, we want to get this much money per person, whatever, but we also want all these other people to come in and they're going to work for nothing. You're not going to have it. Of course, it's going to lower wages. You can't have that big of an influx of people and then be like, well, wages, you know, wages are stagnant already. Wages were stagnant before that. I know they've been stagnant yeah. since the 70s. But you're, they're certainly not going to keep going up if you just have a Well, they're, you know, never, they're not going to go up at all if the minimum wage doesn't change. The minimum wage has been cut in half from what it was. You mean in terms of actual worth? Yeah. Um, I, More I than half. That. I, don't, I don't know about that. It's been cut more than about, in half. I, no, I'm not talking about the, the minimum wage part. I'm talking about... <laughs> wages going up like i think that'll be like a, i think that'll be somewhat artificial and i think that you're going to push if you do that like if you push them too high then you're going to run the risk of a lot more automation and a lot of people being out of jobs and then well, which is going and to happen here's no the other thing. well yeah, no, but it will here, and it, that's another thing though that comes into this when you when you have automation right around the corner like right now we use a ton of people to do all this different work right because we, we use them for all kinds of manual labor um and that's what we do we use them you know that's what we do and uh, we use them for all kinds of manual labor. We have them in positions where eventually automation is going to take that, and then we're just going to have a lot of people <laughs> that, right. that don't have any jobs, and, and that it's like, and they don't have any other skills because that's that's the problem. That, that's why when people go, oh, you know, but that's going to be a problem for skills, most people. It's going to happen either way. If we but replace more, all of those jobs with with something else. American-born people and kick out all the illegal people, and it's and all those jobs are filled by Americans, you're still going to have the same problem when the automation well, comes. That's well, because the, that's because market forces drive automation. As an, and, you know, before we get you into can, automation... You can, you can hasten it, or you can, you can slow it by having free trade, obviously, because that allows you to, to use the, the lower wages of other countries for certain types of goods production. Yeah. No, but, I, mean, I get that. But, I mean, before we get... If, I don't even know if we're going to get in automation, but before, before we even do that... What, Another thing that pisses me off about immigration, specifically legal immigration, is instead of here's what, ma'am, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but here's what I feel I like will. that we do. Here's what I feel like we do. 
I feel like because we got we have all these other countries in the world that have better better education systems. Not maybe not at the highest end, but they they put more money into education probably per student. That's just my guess. You know, and they do a better job of raising these people up and, and educating them right through state money. So the, these countries they pay for these they pay for these people go all the way through school, get this great education, whatever. Then we bring them over through uh, through our legal immigration system. So instead of investing money in our own children. Instead of trying to invest money in our own people, we want the other countries to invest in their people, and then we will bring them over here for a lower rate than we would pay an American to, to do those jobs. And that pisses me off. Because, and I understand we only bring in a, a million uh, legal immigrants per year. But it seems like we're allowing those other states. We, we don't want to pay for our education, right? We want those other states to pay for their education, to educate their people really well, and then we'll just take but them, I don't think that's not like educate a, our own people, a, so our own people still have shitty intentional. jobs. Intentional. I think that's I a think product it, of, I think it's intentional. No, I think, I think, it, it, I think it was some, intentional. There's think, some companies that definitely I think like, like our tech fields and our doctors and a lot of that stuff, when they're coming from India and all these other different places. Right, right. But why don't we, why don't I, we vote for, for why, why, do, why don't we fund education? Well, I mean, we do. I mean, obviously, we do. Well, fund why don't we fund it well? I guess. I think part of it, part of it's probably the decentralized idea that I'm, I'm in so enthralled with anyway, and then it's not good in this scenario. Right. Uh, so it's, I'm sure it's that the concept of things helps. like mill levies and stuff. The, the idea that it hurts because you know when when the local you know if if you've got a you know if you're Johnson County and you you don't care if you know what the what the you know, minimal level of funding from the state kind of school buys because you've propped up your school. So you're never going to vote for an increase in school funding. You don't care about the other students. You care only about yourself, and that hurts everybody. I, I mean, I, I see what I see what you're saying. In Johnson County, it seems like it always goes up and up and up and up and up. <laughs> um, but a lot of places, obviously, it does not. And you know, and very. But it's, it seems like we also don't place enough uh, emphasis in education either. Like, I mean, like. To the to the just the most basic level, I don't I don't I don't feel like we do. Um, we get more into sports and we do a lot of other things, and I don't I don't think we because well, I think we're so concerned about like even. freedoms, right? Like we're like oh oh we're so fucking free if we could do free, but like like ultimate like the most freedom it seems like it leads to people just being lazy and like doing nothing. Like they're like I'm so free I can do nothing, and that's exactly what they do. <laughs> Which I'm not saying I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying like. There too, might be like, well, I'm I'm not I'm not I I think it I think the, I think a a, <laughs> a large swath of Americans they get in that point where they're like, oh fuck yeah freedom, and then they don't do anything to actually like um, maybe I shouldn't I mean that's too much of an overgeneralization to say they don't contribute enough to society, but, but it seems like there's at least part of it where we're we're not putting enough emphasis in education and like well even. Even Fox News, Fox News does it all the time. Like people, you know, oh, you shouldn't get a higher education; it's just a waste of money. You know, you should do these trade things, and I think people should do this trade thing. Completely agree. But we also need like a, a push for higher education without lowering standards either. Like that's not what I want to do either. I don't want to lower standards. Well, you do that by I want to get more in there, money but, into the education system at the lower level, so that people are prepared for higher education. But then I also and hear you also information need to though. Mess with the but, you know the the social systems because you know we we spent. You know, we, we, you know, lowered a bunch of taxes and thus disrupted the family units. Like, yeah, we've forced two parents well, to have to work. True. That's true. You know, that and, part, and, then, true and then by doing that, by by propping up the interests of corporations, which by, you know, just just by lowering taxes, we caused wages to become stagnant. They didn't keep up with the GDP once, you know, the, the Reagan tax cuts hit. 
And basically, once what you see is at that point in time, the 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 increase in wages just completely well, it, breaks it off. About ten years. It happened about ten years before that. Um, uh, it, I, I was, say it's it was like, separating. I say it's like 1970. It was separating. You see it, and it's but weird because it they grow big. together. They grow together all that time, and then it flatlines. And the other one, the the right. actual GDP keeps going up, like almost on the same right, trajectory. But those are those are an the wages. effect of of tax policies over time, and and by you know. Saying, well, but it well, also well, kind of well, happens when we're, you oh, really we're not going to disincentivize people from making more money. You know, we, 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 you know, we want to get change the way our progressive tax system works. We do all these things, and eventually, with all of the, the flat wages, the only way that families can keep up is by sending both parents to work. I don't think that – I don't think it has as much – I mean, I think taxes could be a piece of it, but I think it's also uh, women being pushed more and more towards the workforce, especially around that time where the, the amount of people you have to work jobs just like – uh, not not doubles because it's not like women weren't working before that, but there's just a higher percentage of them working, which also hurt. I mean, like because if you, you but that wasn't having more people there's a, did not. There's a lot of other, no. I'm saying there's a lot of factors. Workforce I'm saying there's like rate fifty did not factors. Fraction the 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 uh, GDP away from wage growth. Uh, yeah, but I don't think it was. I don't think it was just taxes either. I think it's a. I think it's a bunch of different pieces that all kind of happened close to the same time. That because from my understanding, it's happening in a lot of places around the world, isn't it? I think it's not just America that's having the same. Uh, issue on, on uh, wage well, the, growth. the wage growth thing, I don't know. I know that the more socially minded countries haven't had that that fracture, <coughs> but I don't, you know. But that's a different, a slightly different economic system. Yeah. Slightly, um, China's had, you know, well, a large increase in growth, but they're the but problem, they're emerging as an economy. They're so emerging, and they have so many people. So if they can ever get, <coughs> if they can ever reach the full potential, I mean, it's either going to like be a huge boon for them. Or it's gonna, or it's gonna be a huge boom for them. I don't, I don't know. Like, you know, because like they're gonna, they're gonna educate so many people, right? They're gonna be able to, like the people on the coast are gonna, you know, they're gonna do help. They're gonna do incredible, incredibly well. And then a lot of people in the, in the mainland are gonna get stuck in there. And I don't know. Well, I do think you know they'll they'll, they'll still have more economic inequality over time. You know, yeah, like the, I don't think they're gonna get to our level of uh, even to but, even but, to our level. I mean, you could say levels, our, our inequality is too bad, much, but, but you know the. You know, the, the 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 decrease in the in the wage growth is really probably the the most harmful part, and that the, there's some point where that breaks, you know, where people aren't going to be able to keep up. Maybe we'll I mean we'll see we'll see I mean, what happens. Prices, I mean, prices uh, when you see the GDP go up, that means the price of every good has gone up to some degree in the country, you know, at an inflationary rate. And if wages relative to that have not changed, you know, our flatline, then, yeah, people's ability to maintain the same, you know, s standard of living is going to get harder and harder and harder and harder. And I think you're already seeing that, you know. One, we're seeing the effects of having all the parents in the workforce, you know, and, and you know, putting a strain on people's ability to, you know, be around their children and raise them. And you know we see the consequences of that, and we also see the consequences of income inequality at the same time. And, like those things demotivate people; they don't make people feel like they're participating in something. They don't make them feel like their existence is meaningful. Feel like a cog in the wheel, and that's not a very good way to, you know, have. I don't. Know, I just don't think that's a good way There's to a have a healthy. You know, economy over the long run because people well, have to care. A, there's certainly a balance. There's a balance of what's too much. Like, you know, Jordan Peterson always talks all the time about a, 
you can't have too many people stacking up at zero, you know, and that's what eventually happens if you get too, you know, money consolidated in fewer and fewer hands. You get too many people to stack up at zero. And once you get too many, eventually, like, it gets all thrown off, and then, you know, there's a revolution or there's something, you know, right. to kind of reorder everything. Yeah, why would you willingly remain in a system that compl- that you are the absolute bottom of? And that's what, and that's exactly what he well, said. Well, and we're being the, the absolute bottom is a, has a, a negative value for your life. That's what he was basically saying because he was, you know, he's saying basically these people are like, why would I, I have nothing? Why would I buy into this system, which I can, we could flip it upside down and maybe I'll be higher in the social, you know, social order at that point. You know, I'll have, maybe I'll have more opportunity. Yeah, you, you want know, to sow some chaos you know, like, because at that get. point it's the only way to actually have any any even opportunity, actually. Yeah. Can, I, can I ask a question? Yes. Okay. Question. We have a guest here. We have a guest. You're not going to be able, there's no way to be able to hear you from okay. that far away. So you're going to have to like get okay. between them. I want to share it with Jesse. This is something I particularly care about um, that I really can't figure out. Um, a yeah. really basic metaphor is that you're in high school and you're on a team project, right? And say me i'm putting in a lot of effort because i want the project to go well for everybody and then they're you know the other people aren't they don't really care they just want to get the grade so they let me do all the work and now if you consider the the group atmosphere is that everyone is helping everybody that makes you really want to work even harder and the problem i have is that <laughs> you know you you really want to put yourself out there you really want to work really hard and then you're in an environment that makes you scared because you feel like you know, as you guys have sort of talked about, we have a very, you know, me, my, whatever I succeeded and I'm going to keep for myself. And, you know, it's not, it's not a flowing system. And I really, really envy countries <laughs> that everything they do, it seems to be for their neighbor. It seems to be for the country itself. And it's not, the action isn't localized to their own. It, it should benefit us because we shouldn't hurt ourselves because then we can't help anybody. But I'm saying I wish we had that because so what if like the, <laughs> the wages go better and all this other stuff? It doesn't make me feel connected to other Americans. What's the question? I'm saying how do, I feel like how do we change that without making Americans scared of like losing their individuality? I think part of it, uh, I'll, I'll uh, address the ending piece first because you were talking about a, Groups like uh, being more communal than uh, instead of so individualistic. I think the biggest problem that America has in that, which is some people say is our greatest strength, I think it's actually diversity. Because a lot of the countries that are most likely to give and to be, they're all they're also very culturally homogenous. When you get into like Scandinavia or Japan or some other places that have uh, groups with with like similar history, similar backgrounds, mm-hmm. and I think when you get that all mixed up, and you get, you put a bunch of different people all together. Um, then you get white people that are like, oh, why are you helping those black people? Mm-hmm. Black people, are, why are you helping this other group? These other people, why are you helping those other people? Because we're fractured on a lot of levels. Mm-hmm. So we can't just like overlook it, you know, as a homogenous group and be like, oh, we're just kind of paying back to the whole because we're not a whole. We're this fractured group. You well, know, right. Fractured but you're asking, how do you have a collective a identity is the real question. How do you have a Inside collective diversity. identity with diversity? And that's been, you know, one of the questions of America. And that's the thing that I think that at least for me, I've felt like the last several years has been disappointing in because, or maybe that's just, you know, me being more aware or paying more attention. But but generally speaking, I thought that the way that we did that was by having a collective set of ideals, that that we as a country had an ethos mm-hmm. 
of sorts. And we certainly didn't always live up to the ethos. It wasn't something that we, you know, had achieved and we're now everything's fine. We, we, we lived up to our morals. In fact, we often failed them, but we seemed to have them. It was, it was a unifying concept that America is a good place. America will do the right thing, you know, maybe not right away, but we'll figure out a way to do the right thing. And we know what the right thing is. You know, it, it is give us your tired, your hungry, your poor. All of you come that, that you know, have, have been, you know, displaced or marginalized and there's a place for you in the world. This idea that, you know, that, there, that, that it's okay to have a moral center without it having to be based around some historic pretext. Um, and I feel like we've moved away from that a little bit. The, the rhetoric that comes, you know, the, the anti-immigrant rhetoric, I think, or the, the, the ideation that, that people who are poor deserve it or, or are, you know, that the, the majority of people who receive any kind of social welfare are lazy or, or are just taking advantage of the system. The, those things represent a breakdown in the idea that there's like some, some value in people, which is what I think America had or seemed to profess to have at one point in time, is the idea that there was an intrinsic value to people and that given, you know, given, an, given not something perfect, but given an opportunity, people will, you know, come together and that, that ability is what makes America function. But I feel like we've just kind of been like, you know, fuck it, fuck those people. Those people are others. They're not us. People who, you know, didn't do something we like, well, they're the enemy. And it's become very, and this is true on both sides. It felt, I think, a little bit, and this is maybe just a perspective, it felt like it has been, you know, really wheedled away at, you know, after, specifically after 9-11. And you know, suspicion and mistrust and, and all these other forces seem to have taken over. I don't know. I, I, I do feel like we, we, want, we should have some sort of unifying identity, and I feel like that's the, the thing that we've cast aside first and then complain about the fact that we can't have one. And I guess that bothers me because it leaves me a little bit adrift because when I see Trump give those speeches, I think, oh, never mind. I, I thought I knew what America was. And it just turns out that I was wrong and I should be okay with being wrong, but I actually don't wanna be wrong. I want us to be better than those words. And, you know, the, and, and that like, that's what I want to contribute to. I want, I want the, the work that I put in to, you know, raising a family or, you know, just, just doing a, you know, a functional job that has value in the economy. I want that, I want the effort that I'm putting in to go into something that I believe in, you know, at a, at probably a moral or ethical level. And those kind that kind of rhetoric just makes me want to take my energy and put it somewhere else to be honest. When I hear the, the things that Trump says, I'm not, oh can God, you, Trump's going to ruin everything, right? Can you be specific? Uh, I mean... You don't have to be. You can keep going. If you, if you, 
Well, I mean, I, I could because I, I don't think I always hear him. I don't think I always hear him the same way that other people hear him. So. Well, I mean, I don't think that you know that the, the like oh that they're sending us out there, you know, they're rapists and murderers or whatever. Like, very first, a lot of people go back to that very first. Well, speech that's he because made. it's a very strong and. Well, but if you look Harsh at one, but there's know, information that keep going, keep going with you know, your like, idea. But there sure, is, anything can be taken out some of that, context. No, I mean but some that's of that's like the coyotes mean. bringing over young, like the coyotes bringing over young girls, and these young girls have to like load up with, with a uh, you know with uh, birth control because they they basically use but, their bodies as, as uh, things, rape like uh, in terms of rapists coming over, and then you know he's sure he's definitely hyperbolic and he's he's. The, the, lying about statistics on how violent some of these people that are coming over are. That's true. Well, it's it's not just immigration rhetoric. It's, I guess it's like, it's kind of this like conceptual tone that any, like, here's, here's, I think really what it is. It's not so much about any specific thing that he says. It's, it's, I feel like he cares about himself. And I, for all the different, you know, like maybe people in this room, I think he would throw America under the bus if he thought it would make him look good in some way. If he thought it benefited him, you know, the, the fact that it probably wouldn't is good, you know, like, but if he, if he thought it would, I think he would do it. I don't think he, I don't think he puts the ideals of America above himself in any way at all. I don't think he cares about the country. I think he cares about his popularity and he cares about just saying the things like, I feel like, and, and obviously I don't have like his Twitter account right in front of me right now to, to read them off, but, but you just like, you read, I, I do read them and it, it, it astonishes me how normal people seem to have, have, how much people seem to have normalized those things. Like it's okay to, to, to do those personal attacks, to, sure look more to at be the mainstream cruel. Media. <laughs> I don't think they, yeah, like the, it. they don't, they definitely don't normalize it. Uh, well, going. I mean, but I, I'm not sure that they should, you know, like I think pretending that, 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 that kind of behavior is representative of American ideals is well, not something that I really want to be a part of. It depends. It depends on what they're hyperventilating about at any given time. I'm not saying that the media doesn't overreact or it's, sit it around and hunt for things the, to be problem, angry about. But, the, but when they hyperventilate about everything, then, then everybody kind of well, tunes out and they're like, Oh, it, nothing's going on. It's just the same old, same old. Well, I think, I think, Chris, you better be thinking of a good idea. That was more, be, more that, more that people were just sitting around and they were, and they were, you know, Trump was saying things and people were like, "Wait, is nobody going to call him on that, really?" And you know, like, because you know, listening to, you know, I remember listening to in the early days of, you know, the Trump candidacy. One of the questions they they just talk about, they just sit on the air, not talk about what Trump did. They would talk about what the ethical obligation they had as journalist was in the way they covered him. How do we cover him? When he says something like that, do we join the media frenzy? Because do we do we report on it? Because how do we not report on it when when he says these things? Because you know he's at that time a you know potential president, but presidential candidate at the very least. And so there was a lot. A lot of it was. This isn't normal. We know it's not normal, but we don't know the right way to to cover it because we've never encountered anything like this that seems so anti like seems antithetical to what we thought of as as the values of the country. But clearly, that's not true because he's gaining well, popularity. I don't I don't know if I believe any of that to be honest with you. And 
Because, I mean, like values of our country, we're talking about, well, let's that's say, the, like, let's I think say, a lot of people thought George, we had values. Let's say George Bush seems like a good guy, talks like a good guy, gets us involved in fucking wars that just bog us down and, and, and make us look stupid in front of the whole world. You want to talk about, like, going on a downward trajectory. Well, yeah, that like, was Yeah, like Trump horrendous. has a big mouth. You know, he says a lot of dumb shit. But so far, so far, maybe he will, but I don't think he will. Because I, 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 we'll see. We'll see. He maybe. been tested. We'll, we'll like certainly Bush. see. But, well, know, I don't, I mean, I think he keeps, if he keeps us out of any kind of war, because I mean, I think that's a huge thing when you get into those kind of, when you get in those types of wars, especially going into Iraq, like that is like comparatively, like I don't go, well, George Bush was nice and he was, you know, much better representative of America. No, I don't think that at all. Like, I think well, no, this guy I, like, I, so, I mean, it depends on what we're comparing here. Like, are we comparing? Well, that's just, a, that's like, a different thing because we get into all of his hyperbolic language, but it just, you know, they talk about like, a, I mean, the, I the right did not takes like some, living under the, the Bush regime either because I felt like that was, you know, and obviously, yeah, I don't really know what was really going on. There's a, but it was very suspicious feeling to me, like the way we went into it, the way. Yeah, no, I agree. The way that you get all the, the special, you get the, all the flag waving, you yeah. get all the all the patriotism stuff, and they, they used it to manipulate people to go into war. That's what happened. And I, and mean, I felt like to at least a lot extent. of that was you know governed by economic interests I, and 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 you know companies pushing for you know the well, and, the, and the, the values and the, of war and the, and the fucking neocons that still sit back there <laughs> who would have who wouldn't I don't think they wouldn't have minded a, a Hillary Clinton presidency and I think the neocons would have been would've been pretty happy with it they would love to get more involved in Syria they would I I I feel like well, they like, would love to get involved in I would love in us Iran. to get involved in Syria if we would do it the right way but I but we wouldn't I think we should leave Syria well I think you're right because I, I don't think I don't think we're there with the, I don't think we have good intentions. Yeah, I don't. Th- I, I don't think we're I don't think we're doing good. I don't and think I we don't, understand I don't the area, and I don't think we, you know, and I don't think we I don't think we know what's going on. I don't think we understand the area, and I don't think the reason we are there is moral. I think, yeah. I think we're there because of some weird extension on the conceptual war on terror. There's one more thing. There's just one thing I want to say. Well, about I, I think that's a bit. <laughs> Like, well, one, oh, we're like, done. what we're do you mean by there? We're, we're not there. really there. We're arming people. I think we have people there, too. And we? we do have people on the and ground in people. Syria. And um, we're no, shooting. No more than what Obama put in there. No, I'm not yeah, saying I'm it saying was Trump. I'm saying Obama we should be, but, shouldn't have put the people there. I'm saying, but Obama definitely was, when he <laughs> got involved, was definitely not an uh, extension on terrorism thing. That At that time, it was about the... The atrocities being committed by the Assad regime. But he didn't back that up with any kind of real action. No, because he... He went and made a bluff and was called on it. Well, I don't think he thought he was making a bluff, but he also felt like this would... Because it wasn't tied to the war on terror, this was an action that would require congressional approval, and he tried to get it. And now I know Jesse is going to say... No, I'm I'm actually... I don't want to get bogged down on that. But I'm just... You know, he, he didn't act on it because of... Congress refused to act on it, and that was his reason for not because acting. Congress was being some bitches to because you know they like to try to undermine him, and then uh, yeah, it's, it's stupid. The whole thing is stupid, and it, it's 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 definitely dumb. But but so and then but I do think now there's it's kind of got that flavor to it because of ISIS and all of that kind of stuff. But it's it's definitely more, way more complicated than just simply oh, we're just we just can't get over Al Qaeda. And we we got to be fighting the war on terror somewhere. Well, no, I think part of it's that Russia decided to back 
Assad. Assad, and you know, and, and then we decided that you know, like, oh, that means something bad's going on. So we have to counter that in some way because we want to put a check on you know Putin's influence. We need that civil. In my opinion, we just need that civil war to end. I, I mean, I don't think it, it's not good for them. For the no, for I think. Anybody. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. I mean, I. I'm not even saying that Assad should step down or be killed or anything. I think they should let him kind of reassert rule and hopefully everything kind of works out the best it can. Because I don't even, I mean, I'm going to be honest, I don't even trust all the information that's coming out of there, man. Like, you know, Trump's saying, hey, we're not going to go in there. And then, and then right afterwards, right after we say we're not going to go in, then there's a chemical attack. I find this stuff weird. I, I mean, I understand well, they can trace some of the stuff. I think it's weird. I would, I would suspect that they hear that, you know, and... You know, I, like, don't, I, I think Assad, because he, he saw, like, they, they did an attack, then Trump shot, you know, like, took, you know, hit, hit one of their airports with some missiles, and then you didn't hear about any for a very long time, and then they started again. Like, it seemed like it was more like they're just kind of, like, uh, here, here's what I think it is. I don't I think, think we I have, think a, I don't think think we have problem, all the truthful information on this. I think the problem is is that... The rebellion in Syria is, you know, entrenched. You know, it's in the houses. It's in, you know, like there, it's it's not a fighting force that's got a battlefield. And so the Assad regime, you know, is trying to, you know, with chemical weapons though. That's what doesn't make sense to me. Like it, cause well, because well, because because, keep because us what there? happened? I think what happened I, was I'm, people I'm were going around and going into the these things are fake. going into huh. the going into their into their basements, and they just decide they're just going to stay there until the bombings are over, and then the, then they're going to come out. And you know, gas is a really good way of getting people out of there. It's one of the most effective ways. It's very useful. It's also very useful at getting America involved more involved in the Well, but in I mean, war, I think sometimes they think that, that I think they think that you know they can get away with it. Well, I mean, or, it's just like Saddam. I mean, what he, that's what he would do. He would gas to, his own people. Well, and then and he then, and then after the first Gulf War, he just would keep walking right up to the line of WMDs, like and, and well, not even necessarily having them, but acting like he had them. Like he's just antagonizing us to see how far. Well, to, he's no just constantly like like raptors well, in like, Jurassic yeah, Park. Jesse's making never attack the, the fence that, in the same place twice. Assad or you know like is going to be behaving rationally, but I don't. Yeah, think but he, I, don't, I, don't I don't think they do. I don't think I'm gonna like, be honest. I don't they think were doing some things that I'm not sure that definitely, that was by Assad. definitely were fucking with even Putin. Like, I don't trust. Well, here's my thing. I don't based <laughs> on what's happened lately. I do not trust our intelligence, and I do not trust people who who pulled us into other wars. You know, and I, I, I don't know what Assad has done and what he hasn't done. I, you know, maybe they did the first one. I'm not sure about that second one. I think the second one is odd. I think it is very odd. But that's, and I the, mean, the like, timing is odd. Just a lot of things are weird. In one way or another. Yeah, yeah no, I, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't trust our intelligence because our intelligence got us a lot, a lot of bad shit in the last 20 years. I don't trust them now. And they want to be on well, board. It's hard because you look at, like, the stuff. You know, going into Iraq. These you know, are the like same assholes. Most of the to... most of the most of the intelligence that was coming out was saying no WMDs. We're not seeing this. Somebody was kind of cherry picking information as it was going up the chain somewhere. You know, because our intelligence operatives, at least the ones on the ground, didn't think any of those things were true. Yeah, and that was very very, you know, like, you know, afterwards, during, you know, if you go through the 9/11 Commission report, like they just grab all the files, and most of the files are like this. This is bunk. You know, they were handing off stuff that they thought, you know, they're saying, oh, a 10% chance it's right or 15, you know, like they're low probability, but maybe this could be happening kinds of stuff. And so I, I think what happened, you know, 
at least then was that, and I'm not sure exactly by who, but you know, like what forces, I don't think, but I don't think the, I think the intelligence community was used to justify, you know, the, the invasion of Iraq. You know, I think they, I think they took loads of information, intentionally ignored large chunks of it, and then, you know, used that to justify part of their, you know, well, trumping up the, trumping up the, the, the need to, to become embroiled in that conflict. Yeah. And I'm basically just saying, I think there's still a stain on our intelligence. But I'm saying, I don't think that was I think the intelligence community as much as know, it was of, other aspects I understand. of We had that intelligence, so did the British, <laughs> you know, that, that this was going on or, like, you know, the potential was going on. Well, that's, I definitely think I don't Britain was in on, you know, the, the, the trumping it up. I think that probably was happening somewhere behind closed doors. I say that without evidence, like, and I probably, nobody will ever have any evidence of that because, unless they were taping it because they're dumb. Yeah. Like uh, Michael Cohen. <laughs> Do you have anything else to add, Or Chris? Nixon. Or Nixon, who's already paid for his crimes. Yeah. But, I mean, I would, I would just say, like, <laughs> he did. Sorry, I didn't mean to 20, dog on or tile on the. No, I'm just saying, like. But, but, like, I definitely didn't, I wasn't proud of America under Bush. Like, I'm not saying that. Yeah, and I wasn't particularly proud of America under Obama, to be honest. Like, I, I don't understand. There like, are in aspects terms of, of being proud. I, well, I, I like I wanted us to behave as a country that's, that 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 seemed to be, even if it was failing, Which trying to live up to those those things that I thought of as as I, American ideals, and you know the, the these ideas really that come from the idea that that, that humans have an intrinsic value all their own, and you know, part of the the, well, but the, the what America should be doing is, in whatever way, trying to to make the world a better place. And but how wasn't removing a bad dictator like Saddam make, trying to make the world a better place? Because well, I don't think they were trying to make. I don't think they were trying to do anything for you know, for the people. They were doing it. I think probably because of the way Saddam was behaving, and probably because of. Maybe even some personal issues. Well, I here's what I think, uh, without any okay, real <laughs> evidence. But no, I think I think what it was is it was a mixture of exploitation and trying to do the right thing. I think it was you had certain actors in the Bush administration, specifically Cheney, who prior to joining it was uh, the uh, on the board of, of Halliburton. And gave a speech specifically saying how they needed to turn their company into a country rebuilding company. That would be what they made money on, is rebuilding countries after wars um, for the U.S. government. And so he goes in and he has a profit motive to make these wars happen. And I think he's the one who, mani- I know this is like evil this genius kind of stuff. This is a little conspiracy thing. I know. It is conspiracy, it is. but I kind of have like... But actually, he goes in like with the, with and the, he's manipulating everything that Bush is seeing. And Bush is a trusting guy, a good guy, who does... He's not questioning enough. And that has always been his problem. And that was a big reason why I never, I never liked him to begin with, uh, for president. And he just kind of accepted that Cheney was on his side and wouldn't steer him wrong. And he saw Saddam as a bad guy. And he was going to go in there and take him out, and the world would be a better place. But because he doesn't get bogged down on the particulars, on the details, doesn't ask the questions, he didn't really, he didn't have any plan for Iraq. He just trusted that his people would do it right. 
Well, and, and we made, I think, and he, there and are like other wrong. simple things, like we're, we're, we, we take our military and we're like, oh, well, you know, we're, we're going to have a very decisive military victory instead of doing it more slowly and losing more people. But we do that by destroying all of the country's infrastructure, which makes it very hard to stabilize. Wouldn't some of that are Colin Powell? Yeah. Because he, well, yeah. he believes in that same over, you know, overwhelming well, military force. Well, see, yeah. the shock and awe itself isn't so much a you don't have to specifically not, target water treatment right, plants right. And, and power but plants when even, you do shock and awe. That's just even. Let's say you do. Let's you know just take the most extreme. Let's say you do. Then we needed to immediately like rebuild as fast as possible. Like you know, and that's not something that we did. We we tried. We outsourced to Halliburton, who is trying to make a profit, is cutting corners. It's 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 like it wasn't a very well thought out or well executed rebuilding plan. It was like, we'll destroy your thing and then let them kind of yeah. private the economy, fix it <laughs> and make a profit doing so instead of, sure. You know, I feel like you could still do the shock and awe and, and, and mitigate the effects of that. Yeah. I mean, maybe, but yes, but, but there's probably things, a better way to do shock. But and none awe. of those things regard like, make me feel good about it, you know, like, right. I think a lot of people died and I don't think, we, it, you know, I don't think there was a lot of benefit to the, to all of the suffering that people went through there. And like, yeah, Saddam Hussein was a pretty brutal dictator, but way more people died just during. That's what I'm saying. I think that's, I think that's exactly how Syria would be too. I think it's, I think, I think we'll kill a lot right. of people and it, it'll already, be for nothing. I, I think mean, already way more people have been killed in Syria than, than would ever have been, you know, severely harmed by, you know, Bashar al-Assad. Yeah, and if we kill, I mean, and if we kill Assad, I mean, if we turn it all over, I, I don't think it's going to be good well, either. Well, I'd like, like to also be... say our involvement in Syria has still been fairly minimal. Like, I don't know that we really made much of a difference in Syria either way. You don't in terms think Assad body count. I think Assad, I think, I think, I think the it would have would have no. lost by now. Because we were their primary arms supplier. Uh, we were training you know, military forces there. Well, um, and so was Saudi Arabia. Well, so that's true. Because ISIS exploded onto the scene there. Yeah, and then Iran I mean, got itself like, involved, I feel too. Like, maybe at the margins we've extended it a couple months, but I'm saying if you look at the total body count there, we're really small percentage. That, that could, if you want to say any percentage is too much, I'll agree with that, actually. But I'm just... I think we're overplaying how much the U.S. has actually influenced events in Syria. Well, very but influential both, and pushing, pushing. And, and I know, say ISIS, that actually almost in a condemning sort of way. ISIS out of Iraq. Right. I mean, that was a big part. You know, the big. Yeah, did that that. If we had done that sooner, then the re the revolution there probably would have ended sooner. ISIS being strong kept it going longer. So I guess if you want to say that we didn't crush ISIS faster, if that was possible, and we turned that option down for some reason, then um, then that's something that would have extended the length of the war. I mean, yeah, there's a huge amount of things going on there. Yeah. I don't know. I know that when when we were going through the Iraq and Afghanistan wars, you know that there was genocide going on in Darfur, which. We did nothing about, you know, like I wanted America to be the place that stops that kind of thing instead of invades countries for strange, confusing, 
reasons that seem very obviously trumped up. Like the way they went on those, I don't know, they were going on all the talk shows and there's all these, like it was, there's just, there's clearly like a media push, especially on Fox, because it was friendly to the, you know, to the, to the message at the time. You know, th but it was, it was pushing this, the, that war. Nobody, nobody was thinking about it until, you know, suddenly, you know, we were seeing those grainy satellite images that were, you know, airtight proof of weapons of mass destruction. You know, like, while, while literal genocide was happening, in a, right. you know, where we, where we, and we could have done something about that without having to get bogged down in, you know, sectarian violence in the same way that we did in, in, in Iraq. You know, like, we could have ended right. the genocide in Darfur. That was... Oh, you know, both of, you know, the, the countries involved are, you know, much smaller. You know, the, the, the cost to us would be much less. Right. The moral benefit. I mean, I know the people who were experiencing genocide didn't love it, and that would have made America not just look good, but it would have been us acting good. Right. And I wanted to see that. Like, I, I envisioned, like, America in the past as that sort of, country, the country, you know, maybe takes a little while to come in and do the right thing, all of World War II or something, but, but does, like, makes an attempt to, you know, do the right thing. Why were we cynical? But, but I don't think we do. And so, you know, I think most of the time it's just that individual mandate, the idea that as, as individuals we have a right to all, as, much a, as much of the pie as we can take for ourselves and that motivation, that, that attitude leads to, you know, the idea that you know, we have to do things for the corporate interest. And we are led by that in the end. And that doesn't make me feel like I really, it's hard for me to want to care about those, that as an as a overarching ideology, I guess. Tessie, any responses? No, I don't think I have anything to say that specifically. I, you get closer. The longer I hear you guys talk about foreign policy, the more powerless I feel about it, and the more I feel like, well, what those ideals, um, ethical, compassionate, and practical work for others, how can we do that actually locally? Because I feel like I have more an ability to do that locally than I could ever do for Well, right, that's, that's like be a good person and right. take care of the, the people around you try you know and what right. and and that includes you know taking good care of yourself you know not being you know a drain on people as much as possible i just think it's like, amazing you guys can do that because i can't talk about the foreign policy stuff for very long because it makes me feel very powerless I was like, but we're powerless in it like we, we know, we're talking about like, it because we're we're trying to decide you know how do those things inform uh, our lives hmm. and 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 if, like for me, when I think about them, the way it informs my life is it makes me, it makes it difficult for me to to want to put energy into the country. And that's that's honestly what it makes me feel I, like. Yeah, but then we'll just end up like Russia, where it's like no, everyone's just not putting energy into a corrupt system, and therefore it'll never. Well, be no, fixed. I want to. I want like so. Your questions are can, are are how do you either how do you fix it, yeah. or or what what do you choose to do if you can't fix it, and so so that. For me, is like well, I don't know that we can. I don't see the a, a structural way to address it, and so. What about cultural, that, like a movement. 
people caring again, organizing principles of these types of ethics that well, com that combine and relate everybody finally. The way it, it there isn't an easy fix. That's the answer. There's no movement that's going to sweep in and just fix all these problems. Um, and if that's what if that's the only definition of having power over the situation or control, then yes, you're right, we are powerless. But the fact of the matter is that these kind of changes, they only come about through incremental person-to-person -person interaction. That's how cultures are changed is, is mm -hmm. you have individuals who uh, are lead by example and change the views of the people around them and that ripples out and you have to, and enough people buying into this new system of thinking, this new culture, this new, mm -hmm. you know, whatever have you, whatever you call it, that is, and then that will slowly filter up. If, you tr if you're hoping for the, for an Obama to fix it, or you're hoping for a Trump to fix it, or you're hoping for something else to come fix it, I mean, it it's not going to happen. It's you're the one, you're the problem. So you, and that, and this kind of I'm feeds back actually to, uh, this kind of feeds <coughs> back to Jesse's point about, you know, take care of yourself, you'll take care of the society. This is an example of that. Um, you know, if you fix yourself morally and, and ethically or whatever, you know, like if you lead by example of the way you want America to be and it's inspiring to other people they will follow that example right. and there's it will a question ripple. there which which is how is it ethical for me to contribute to something that i might find is you know actually antithetical to the morals that i feel are important yeah it's it's you don't don't well, contribute that, that, to it. that's part of the thing is the, yeah, like, you, you, in your you lifetime. How do you stand up for your principles? And some, th that's what I mean. Like when I say I don't want to contribute, I mean I want to put my energy either into mm. a place that represents those values mm. or try to find some something that I can build within the system that might reflect the principles that I have. And yeah. I, it, I'm, I'm always trying to find that second thing because – the first thing feels like giving up, you know. Mm. But at the same time, I also often feel a little bit uh, morally bankrupt by going and going through the motions of the sort of ordinary daily life of doing the work and trying to be a responsible adult and, you know, taking care of things, you know, the way, you know, society says I should by behaving as if I value the things that society says I should value, like, I, I, I you feel like a schmuck a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Like, not like I don't care if I'm a cog in the wheel if the the wheel is pointed in the direction of, you know, my principles, but they're not. Well, how could you ever know? How could you ever know? You know. America's so freaking big. How could you ever know? I'm just Brant over here doing my best. How could you ever know what the rest of America is really doing? Like, how could you ever get a pulse on that? I mean, especially with the media and like well, all that stuff. And 
you just well, sure, focus but I mean, on like the, good, the fact right? that the media is a crazy reactionary thing—that's right. that's a clue. The the way we behave publicly, the way the things that we as a culture uh, idealize, you know, like I think there's there's certainly a large percentage of the country that 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 doesn't just like Trump but idealizes him, just like there's a large group that idealized Obama. Without really, either, you know, without either group really giving a whole lot of real thought to it, really just an emotional, you know, an, an emotional experience that, that led them to that sort of sycophantry. Well, I definitely don't think it's so far gone that you're an alone person doing more well, I'm not work saying in an alone world. That I'm alone. Know? I'm saying that it's difficult to 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 contribute to to like. Like if I if I'm gonna go make a, make like maybe I'm gonna invent a really cool weapon that's gonna make America's military power more powerful. Not that that's a thing that I have the sudden of mm-hmm. technical skill to do, but if I could, like, and then I did. I feel like that would be a bad thing for me to have done. I, like, that would make me, be behaving as a bad person. Mm-hmm. Like Elon Musk. Is he making a cool, or is it just? No, I'm just saying he makes, he makes a lot of uh, he makes a lot of different <laughs> military equipment or helps with different things. Right. Um, He's just trying to be Tony Stark. No, I think fully. you give a, I think you give an overly <laughs> negative view that I actually don't agree with. Because um, mm-hmm. I think there's I think there's so many different you know you because you keep hitting not hitting on uh, you know the, a lot of the bad things that we're doing, but there's so many different subcultures in America. Like so, there's pieces that are not you know that are not you know shining the best. But there's other subcultures that are that are really good, you know. And there's other things that are going on. America is really—it's just so large and so decentralized. I think trying to look at it is just like, oh, we, you know, do we do good? Do we do bad for the world? You know, we do a mixture of both. And I think everybody kind of does. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I don't—I yeah. don't see it so negatively. Well, because it sounds negative to me. I mean, I guess maybe that's maybe it's, I'm it's misrepresenting it. But um, also, Brian, you're talking about a—if a, a, it's a question of tactics, I guess which is kind of, I feel like what you're getting at is like, how do you actually affect, like you're talking about going through the motions and feeling guilty about that, right? Right. But I guess my counter that that, to why you shouldn't feel guilty about that is um, you affect more change to a system if you can operate as an as an agent of the system. But you can use that to justify staying in some very negative things. That's true. Um, but so then the question becomes, yes. Yeah. At what point do you, is the system so corrupt that you have to rebel? Do you think this is a, 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 a point of, no, it's a middle ground. That's neither. And right. It's it's like, and so that's the part where you have to stay in it more. That's that's where it's the most important to stay in and push the system back towards the good because this is a for me I feel like this is we're in this middle ground yes of it that's an inflection but I'm not point because I don't know how Well we're, I, I what we're doing right like, now is it Like maybe but sometimes it just it to be it. I know this is the the the, the cynic but like I I feel like here's what here's the thing like I I have ideas and things that I think like I I could may- maybe maybe that idea would be valuable and it, it would have a potential, you know, positive outcome. Why 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 am I not working on it? Well, sometimes I'm tired or or I have other 
you know, quote, obligations, or sometimes they're just demotivated. Like, you would think that, like, you know, some of the things that Trump said would, would motivate me to, you know, to try to, like, correct, but instead, like, often, and I don't mean to feel it, but, but it, you know, I'll listen to his speech, and then, like, I listened to the Russia speech, and I wasn't, like, going, you know, going through it in a, in a super rational way, saying, I agree with this, and I disagree with this, and I agree with this, and I disagree with this. It's more that just, like, the general feeling that I felt after listening to it was just, like, malaise. It was, you know, like, it was an emotional response, right? I heard it, and it was just like, uh, I don't care about things right now. Like, without, without a specific reason Putin. why. Yeah, yeah, that conference. Like, that conference just made me feel, uh, I just, it, it, not anything specific. I wasn't sitting there going, that one thing he said really pissed me off, and I'm, now I'm an enraged person. It was more like I just listened to it, and I was like, God, I just don't like things. But who? Like, I don't like but listening I, but to I this. I think that was good. I mean, but it's good, though. I mean, like, I, I don't understand what the negative part was. Well, I'm t what I'm trying to tell you is I didn't identify some specific aspect of it that was like, that's something Trump did wrong. It was listening to the thing in, in a, as, as a whole just left me feeling a, a weird emotion, a, a listless kind of uncaring emotion. The, and and, the I, and I don't thing, know why. The only thing I got out of it, like, I, I don't know, like, even, creepy thing. I barely don't even listen. Thank you so I mean, it's, much, I don't even really listen to the specific words. They're just words. The, the end of it, I mean, the, like, the beginning and end of it is we're trying to have better relations with Russia. That's it. Okay? No, the, I mean, like, the, the specific stuff is like, the throw them all out the window. Don't even th matter. Th that's like a content thing. There was, there was something weird about it. And I, th I think part of it was that I felt like it was the only time I've ever seen Trump look like he was the child in the room. That's what it was like. It felt I've like I've only heard the left-wing media say that. I haven't That's the only heard, people I've haven't heard, heard them say, say anything about it. Oh, they've oh they've just trashed it's him. Just like, and there's all kinds of memes of like Putin being his daddy and him having like Putin holding like a baby and it's Trump and I mean I could all like, kinds of stuff like that. There's just something like did you notice like his posture was different, his tone was different. He didn't do this. He didn't do the special handshake that he I does where he, he tries to jerk. I think he kind of treated him like he, he treated Hoon. And and he um, did the uh, did the. Uh, the, that like very weird. Like, I think he's being. I think he's being like over conciliatory to to enemies, like he does with Russia, North Korea, and what he kind of does with China, and what he's trying to do I'm with not, Iran. Like, it came out to, today it, or yesterday. Maybe, that's right. maybe it's like the Iran. best strategy. That's in how the world. I feel like. And no, like, I'm not saying that like, it is. I'm just saying that's what I think he's doing, and then he's going to see if it backfires. Like if somebody plays nice with Trump, he'll he'll be like over. Like he'll say, oh, how great or how powerful the person is. He said a bunch of real nice things about Un. You know, like he. Like a bunch of things like and people are like you can't say this this guy's a terrible dictator but trump goes to flattery in these situations and he, and he does it every time and i guess people are really upset by it but i i'm i've well, not seen it enough with well with un with well but he didn't start out that way no he didn't un. start off that way but and what about theresa may we well when with tour face he said a bunch of nice things and i, I don't yeah, know tour face yeah, but, I don't, off I don't, camera. Yeah, but, but at the same time i don't know exactly I didn't get to hear specifically what he said to the Sun uh, magazine or whatever it was called. Uh, the Sun, right? So it was, know, like, it was like a tabloid but, but, that he did an interview with, and then they know. leaked part of the audio, but not the entire and, and, audio. And maybe that's but in front of me, I watched the interview with, with uh, him or the, the whatever with him and her together, and he was, uh, and he apologized. He actually came out and apologized about it, and he, so yeah, which like, was unlike Trump. With typically. the, uh, with well, with May or even with the Moon, what you he say, didn't, didn't behave he like that, didn't. like he did with Trump, with Putin. It was. He was still. Well, he didn't have the exact same. Uh, they didn't have the exact same thing. I mean, but well, no, it wasn't I the exact was same similar. format. But but like you know, you watched him do the thing with Uni. He still did the handshake. He still did the like, 
you know, he had the, he did the same posturing thing. He didn't do the kind of like, you know, I guess I don't, like, I don't look at all those little like, things. I mean, it's I just think like you didn't, you just notice it, but the, but the, it's, it's just, I couldn't tell you what. You nope. started this talking about more about malaise and less about analyzing. Yeah, yeah, you're, yes, I know. But it was, I was, and I was going to try to get back to that. That basically, the the feeling of it is is what I didn't like, and it wasn't mm-hmm. a specific thing. And maybe it is, isn't even the fact that he seemed, you know, subservient. Like, honestly, I I really don't care if he's subservient, it, and I'm not even saying he is. I just don't care. But I, it was just like I watched that, and I felt like. Uh, like what, what? What is this, and, and why should I care about it? And maybe you shouldn't but care about it. I don't understand. Well, I mean, here, here's my thing, though. Like, if, if, you if you're like wanting it. world peace, we need to be talking to Russia. You know, if, no, because like this is this no, is if we something want world that's peace, good. We need to talk to China and Russia. We need, Russia we, is a minor player who, if they fall apart, has more nuclear weapons than everybody else in the world, other than us. Yeah. <laughs> You know, that seems I mean, like, like seems China like some, has of a big deal. nuclear weapons. They have way less. I mean, there's, there's so much less than they still have enough to destroy the world. That's, that's enough. Okay, no, very all. possible. <laughs> very possible. But China is doing, doing quite well. But, I mean, yeah, they're, 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 more, they're one of our big adversaries. But we need to be able to talk to Russia, North Korea, and, and uh, Iran. We have to be able to do the three. If you want actual world peace where we're not fighting these fucking proxy wars all over the place, we need to be able to talk to Russia. So maybe we'll get out of Syria. We'll get a better relationship with Russia. Maybe we'll get out of Syria. Assad will take back over. Russia can go back to doing what they're doing. They're, of course, they're going to keep playing games. That's what Russia does. I don't believe anything they said. Um, but we're going to have to have open dialogues. We're going to have to. I mean, I, I, it, it's a step. It's not the, it's not the end of, a, of well, the game. I'm not game. saying that you shouldn't talk. So I don't, just, I don't understand what – I guess I don't understand the, what you're saying. Well, I'm trying to tell you that I don't understand <clears throat> what I'm saying. Maybe – it seems uh, like you're having a well, problem getting clearer. motivation from – but what America is doing on a foreign level. Well, it's which is kind of it's just like watching it all, and I, and I try to watch like one of the things I do. I, I I feel like I do a good job is I avoid watching any analysis and mm-hmm. any editorial or it, like I'll just watch the talk and I and I avoid everything else and I just watch that. I just watch that. I just watch that. Just listen to this no. speech. I just read that tweet. I don't read any of the comments. I don't listen to any commentary about that it. That sounds I don't like read enough any to be stupid fucking off. articles <laughs> well, about it. You just watch it. You just watch it. And when I do that, and like that was my attempt to like get out of the like bullshit reactionary crazy thing where everyone's just like fuck it, you know uh, Trump's a dick or Trump is God, it and like and just Trump to, like is dick God could be or a God dick the God of dicks Phallic but the symbol but it, it just but it just backfired and all it did was make me like feel bad like and not because and it, like i said it wasn't a specific thing it wasn't any one specific action it wasn't anything it was just like i watched it and it, and it just made me care it made me it made me apathetic is what it made me feel In your like life? overall it made me yeah it just made it just okay. bred apathy in me so for if, some reason if this isn't helping you well yeah i quit are you going to change oh so you're saying you like after the i haven't listened the... to a single thing you know ever since the putin russia thing Welcome to like, the good I know place. <laughs> once in a while, like, you know, you can't avoid hearing that this happened or that happened yeah. or whatever. But, like, yeah, I, don't have, I quit listening to this every speech. I quit listening to Do you ever get the feeling that the, the last uh, couple years it's been a lot of people trying to focus on the good stuff, which is usually, like, whatever the hell was in their life that is just not all of the stuff? I mean, I stuff. think some people are trying that. I don't yeah. know. 
Though sometimes I get afraid if I ignore it, it'll like just blow up even more. But then I realize I'm just me paying attention to it is not going to change. I don't it's know. It's going to blow up. I don't know. But like Chris is just like <laughs> what Chris is saying is like you just put your nose down and you do the work. But but like mm-hmm. something about it is is making it hard for me to want to do that, to do that for some reason. One thing I figured out. We'll look, I know it. Chris no, no. is about to jump in no, there no. too. But one thing I've definitely uh, that I think everybody has to understand when it comes to Trump is you got to stay out of the weeds. Like if you just stick in the weeds all day, you're going to be very unhappy. You're going to be like, don't stay in the weeds. Get, get, he get doesn't out. exist. No, you, you he, can't. There's nothing to him <laughs> but weeds. No, but I'm saying I don't. Th- I don't think it's all weeds because he's there's there's big policies that are like, oh, he's doing these things, but he says these other things. And it's like, okay, I don't like what he says. You know, it's like, like uh, all right, I'm going to go. I'm going to. You know, don't want to do this. I believe in unilateral trade deals, of which I have made zero. You know, like. Well, I think they're making one with with uh, the UK, aren't they? I, well, yeah. I believe they're making a unilateral one with the UK, to, and they're making they're right. trying to make other ones. But and uh, how long is it going to take to get one with oh, the, all all, all, all twenty five countries that were in the or however many there were in? The oh TV, yeah, like, <laughs> or or the other one. There's a oh, okay, there's another trade pack from you know different part of South America. I was going you know, somewhere like, else with that, but now I don't remember. You're going to be a European citizen. I don't remember where like I was going, so Chris. I know you. If you have, if you remember what you're going to say, you yeah. jump in there. Well, I oh, just re- no, I didn't clarify my position here about you're putting right. your nose to the grindstone. Well, first of all, that doesn't. I didn't mean that in a political sense. I didn't mean just listen to the politics, listen and you know, and debate politics left and right. I just live your values and. Don't disconnect from people, not the news, but from people, and live your values and just try to lead by example, and people will respond to that. And, you know, if things get so bad, the reason you need to pay attention, I guess would say, is that just so that you can know if things have gotten so bad that you need to go where if it's gotten so bad that you ignoring it is complicity, your right? You know? But aside, not maybe, I don't know, but that that's pop. But if everybody did that, then whose friends is going to tell them? I mean, I'm just saying it works. Maybe it depends on the individual, but my, I think there's value in paying attention just so you can know so you can decide for yourself. I mean, you're going to rely on me. Well, I'm going to tell you about when Donald Trump's coming for everybody, but I'm not going to tell you when Obama's coming for everybody. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I would tell you if Obama That's was true. coming for everybody. But That's not true. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, you, you're doing the work. You don't have to pay attention to politics to be doing the work to make the world a better place. Mm-hmm. But... It's good to just keep a finger on the pulse so that when you can know when you're ig- ignoring politics becomes a problem, where it becomes complicity. Like in Nazi Germany, for example, where the mere act of just living your life is actually complicity in a horrendous, horrendous acts. Now, there was a... There was one thing that there was another thing I was going to say earlier, you know, about the about I can't remember who actually said it, but they said the right the right takes Trump seriously but not literally, and the left takes Trump literally but not seriously, <laughs> you know, and that's the thing like 
you have to kind of be able to balance out what he says because I can just look through it. I don't even I don't even listen to the specific words he says, and I understand. I'm like, oh, why wouldn't you? Because I know what he's doing. Like I, I've I've already seen this. I've, I know enough of Trump. Like I've seen so many hundreds of hours of Trump that I know what he's doing. How are you like, a happy person? All right. You know, well, well, and I've, I've I'm, I'm, like, I'm category three, which is what? I take what Trump says seriously and I take him seriously. And you take him literally, but you don't take what Close he says to literally. literally. But Close he speaks—he speaks hyperbolically all the time. So when he said people go, "Oh, he lied about this thing," I'm like, "Yeah, he said it's the biggest in the world. It's not the actual biggest in the world." Okay, he says this one thing's the greatest in the world. It's not really the greatest in the world. This is the biggest boom in the economy ever. It's not really like he's just—he's not. <laughs> I don't even think he's trying to be honest in those situations. He's like a salesman trying to sell everything, right? And he always speaks with hyperbole, using hyperbole, and he wields it like a motherfucker. Okay. And I don't take that stuff seriously. So I don't sure. consider it like, oh, he's lying. He is trying to sell a product, which mm-hmm. is himself, right? And that's what he's that's doing. And he's trying to sell his accomplishments, and he's overplaying all of his accomplishments. But I already know that. And that's probably only like 25% of the outrage over what Trump says. I don't know. Most of I... the things that he says that generate outrage aren't a matter of – him just overstating something to make himself look better. It's it's outright malicious lies. Uh, right. Like um, Mueller is a, a 13 angry Democrats. No collusion. You know, like, some of those people were Democrats. or people. Most 13 people- angry Democrats is more than just are they factually Democrats? Do they factually get angry? It's, okay. It has context meaning by not beyond that. You're, having a, you're talking about talking, attacking the probe, which I understand why he'd be attacking the probe and trying to discredit the probe. And calling it a witch hunt and all that well, other stuff. I think that it was started by his own appointed officials that he appointed. I think in terms of collusion, it is kind of a witch hunt. Collusion but is that isn't mandate. even the, the focus no, of but, the but probe. No, but that's what he's talking about. When he's talking about it, and he, he clarified it. He's clarified it no, just recently. Yes, he did. He said it specifically that the witch hunt yeah, part he, was directly related not to Russia interfering, but to him, his campaign working with Russia. That's what he's. That's what he specifically but said. But the probe and isn't, he's a, he's a, isn't necessarily. But he's about not talking. So why attack yeah. the probe? Yeah, yeah. He's talking because specifically about Mueller so much, too. So much stuff that's come out about collusion. He calls and, Mueller uh, a, a having. Uh, Bad business ties with me, and he's out to get me because I didn't appoint him director of the FBI. I do think that's a little weird, actually. <laughs> I, you don't think it's weird that he interviewed I think him? he turned— He doesn't get the job, and then, like, within a week, he's— No, uh, he's he said it's the, the, the next council? day. It was the next day, wasn't it? Right, that's what— which, No, I think it was. Which, to me, is like, true. oh, so he told him in the interview, oh, you're not going to get this job. Is that and how that normally day, works? I— is that how it I, I works? Don't know how Trump you come in that. for an interview for a position, and they tell you at the end, oh, you're not going to get this job. Trump. I did hear the next day. I have never heard that disputed. Um, so well, no, well, that's I, true. I, I have no idea. Like, I think Trump's just throwing stuff against the wall. It's like the, yeah, uh, exactly. And he does, and that's problematic. And that needs to be called out. And that's okay. And then what and about all the times that Obama lied? I mean, okay, because I can point to a fucking hundred of them, dude. He just lies in a different manner. You know, like Trump's more more voice, uh, boisterous about it. Obama would do it with, slyly, and then you'd be like, well, you know, it's not technically a lie. There's a, you know, it's whatever. It's this or that. It's like, come on, man. Like, I mean, that's, that's where we're getting to this. Like, yeah, okay, Trump, uh, when he, he, you know, he's, he's totally hyperbolic all the time. So if you're going to fact check all of his hyperbole, yeah, they're all lies, I guess. Um, all right, so give me, give me the Obama lies. Oh, do you want to talk, uh, talk about his whole camp, you know, his whole group of people lying about Benghazi? Yeah, you know, that's blaming bullshit. It on, they, they didn't blame it on a video? That's a lie. 
They that was those were talking points right. specifically set yeah. up. And, and, and it was in the heat of the moment and heat of the moment. That was set up, dude. I think that's pretty fair. I don't know. That was set up. Set up, no. but I think they definitely did the thing that they always do, which is they run, they, they run okay. and try to explain Let's, things before they have all the facts. I would now. Yeah. I wish Matt was here, but we could talk about Fast and Furious. We could talk about the IRS scandal. Um, we could talk about other pieces that that he did not. He, you know, he comes out. He, Obama comes out later and goes, oh, "Oh, there were no scandals during my presidency." Isn't that what he said? There were no scandals. Uh, there were no scandals during yeah, my he presidency. Didn't get investigated. <laughs> Okay. No special. Bull, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, he had no special counsels. Sure, but let's not let's not bullshit here. Dude. Well, the IRS thing. Okay, I mean, they were specifically targeting uh, patriotic right wing groups. That's among that's factual. other groups. That's factual. I mean, well, it was factual, almost all right wing groups. It's no, there were other groups that were being. It, I'm, no, I'm of, saying uh, almost all. Like it was a huge percentage. Yeah, it was there, like there it were was a over seventy percent. I think it were were right wing groups that were that were targeted in that IRS probe. But the other thing, like they, you leave out the fact that at that time of the, I think it was, is it, the, is it were those the five hundred one C three? Yeah, that was the explosion. So the sixty five percent of the groups were right wing. So it's. It is you, a bias, you, you but don't it's think, like not. I'm pretty sure much. everything that came out was that. The IRS was obviously biased. Well, <laughs> then I'm right, out. and I don't also, even think there's really a dispute of whether or not they're biased or not. Also, it was immediately investigated and dealt with by Obama. He he didn't lie about it at all, and he. I'd have to go back. Uh, and I mean, like that. the you're saying that he, the only way he could I'm have lied his, about it is if he personally or his uh, or through extension his uh, not organization, his administration. Did a lot of shady shit, dude. Come on. I man. disagree like, with that vehemently. I don't know. I think it probably did do a lot of shady shit. It <laughs> well, was just I, better at it. I think it, I no, I, I think don't even think it was better. I at think it. if you compare it to um, to modern era levels of shady shit, his was significantly was lower. Probably, I don't know. And modern probably, era since Reagan. I would, yeah, I would say most of it wasn't like gigantic. I think he he actually reduced the amount of shady shit that typically I don't, occurs I don't know there there's a few true. areas where i feel he fell short um but the, the thing is thing? like you can't demand perfection and and sure you can well you can demand we perfection but perfection. if you're if you're only going to be satisfied with perfection then you're going to live a very close the, the question is is how many lies are okay no i think we are close how many lies are well okay? we were closer from under obama i think he did a very good job um i yes i think he he screwed up with drone warfare i think he screwed up with um, acting unilaterally through the executive branch. Um, I think he had good reasons to do that. Well, he was frustrated with the lack of also, Congress, but I do think it's a long run. Didn't they also spy on different reporters? And, they, um, and then I think... One of the Fox News reporters. Then um, I also, I'm also disappointed with um, the, the, the NSA stuff that he didn't um, address, at, address all. at all. And right. actually got completely worse. And if you want to get yeah. into like the unmasking and the spying on the No, Trump I don't because that stuff was bullshit. That's a BS the, the controversy. Part? But yes, uh, that's... But you think it, that was bullshit? I yes. don't think it was bullshit at all. Like, I know you don't. I don't think because uh, it wasn't. Like if you look at numbers of unmaskings, like over the years, and you see how much it my opinion is more true last than two yours. years, so, it's, it's um, oh my God. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Okay. And then, of course, it was all by people in his administration. Yeah. You know? Oh, the, the, Clinton, the person. Clinton tarmac <laughs> meeting. The, you, you just keep going. We can go through piece by piece. We don't have time for that. But The Clinton like, tarmac pe- meeting the, is Obama's fault. No, I'm saying that's part of his administration. Like, there's people around him that nothing ever happened. Or him saying, him coming out and saying, uh, there's no way you could even rig an election. 
You know, nobody's trying to, nobody could even rig an election if they wanted to. He said that in October. He already knew that the stuff was going on with Russia. And he came out and said that publicly. Um, so what part's true? No, but that's not I rigging think. an election. That's, to me, rigging an election is where you go in and change the he, votes. He comes out to specifically do that, to attack Trump. Because what he says out there, I think he should quit whining and go try to get votes. So he goes out right. there to specifically attack Trump. And I agree with that. It, but... Well, I think Trump was what Trump was doing. I don't was see that was, anything shady about that at all. American I don't see a lie there. Just in case he lost. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you don't see when he lies. I'm not saying that specifically is a lie. I don't he has see tons of other lies. lies. Okay. How many lies are okay? You can't give me a lie. How many lies are times really? ten to the twenty? You haven't. You're, are, are you telling me that Obama never lied? Is that what you're telling me? Well, I don't know him personally. I'm sure everyone lies at me... some point. But... Well, I'm actually <laughs> going to say that most presidents lie and have to lie sometimes. I, could, I guarantee we can walk, I, I guess the biggest lie I can Just think of right now is... having no scandals is a lie. The, the biggest ridiculous. lie I can think of right now is him saying you're going to be able to keep your doctor. Um, that was a... Was that, oh, was that a, kind of a big lie? Uh, how many, no, I actually how don't many think that was that big okay? of a die. That one was kind of okay. That was a polit- kind of a – I mean, comparatively, I com- – And but anyway, how many lies is okay? I don't know what the number is, but I would say that with Trump, it's like he's at like infinity lies, and Obama was at, at less than normal for a U.S. president. <laughs> I don't think that's true. I think he just – I think you're just on his side. Yeah, I guess speaks. I'm just a psychophant, I'm, I guess. Well, I, you are a psychophant. That's true. Um, but that, that's obviously you know, I true. I think Obama was a good administrator, and that meant that he was, you know, sometimes But his administration was terrible. Well, I mean, when I say oh, good okay. administrator, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> he, but like, he had, like good. he ran a tight ship, I think. You know, like, actually, you know, was, was very organ Like, you can agree or disagree with policy or oh, hey, the decisions hey, he made. Oh, hey, hey, I know another time he organized. lied. Because he said he didn't know that, uh, that uh, Hillary Clinton had her own, uh, had her own server. <laughs> Yet, from Hillary Clinton's server, oh him and her contacted each other through email. They had emails going back and forth from each other from her server. Yeah. They had her server stuff. But, she, but he didn't know about it, supposedly. What about all the times that I mailed you from So when you send someone an email, you know what server you're sending I think, it I think to? It showed, I think it showed the information on them that it was hers. Like, they knew no, about it. To, they knew. That's okay. not something that's immediately obvious. I think all the information is out there. I think all the information is out there. There may be something else. If it was just the fact that they emailed each other, that's, then there's no way to know they, that it was but, yeah, her but personal he, server. He knew, that it wasn't a, he knew that it wasn't on the fucking uh, government servers, like where it should have been. Because it would have had a government because it would have had a government email. Yeah, it would have had a gov email address. She didn't use it. So she he knew that use, she was definitely using a personal, if nothing else. He knew she was just using a personal email address, like you everyone else had. You can look that information. Up I already know that. I know that could be hundred percent. And how many times when you get an email from, like my mom has two ma- email addresses, and I'll get emails from both of them, and I don't immediately know. Oh here's the one she's using. That's the IBT mm-hmm. email, and this is the KU email. Now, if I go and click on the details i can look at her but but let's just say he did uh-huh. he knew her email address and he could just type it from memory just let's just take that like that wasn't the real problem all the other the, the, the fact that it was a personal email address that's not weird that was normal including previous now it wasn't normal for them to have their own servers and use those for state business but it was normal to use a personal email address that wasn't weird right that was you know, Carrie was what the first one to actually use it. Use well, the there, there are other people who use like. Uh, well, but in that, in that like, specific position. Yeah, there's other people that have uh, other personal emails. That's true. 
And so, yeah. Of course, I mean, we're not supposed may, to be talking about class. He may not have. Yeah, sure. But he may not have known that she was hosting her own server, which is a very reasonable thing to not know. You can't know that from someone's email address. I can't remember. I can't remember the specifics on that part on what he knew and what he didn't yeah, know. Now, if she was like, that's the thing, like, emailing you from my new server. Ha ha. Check yeah, out my wink, at, wink. at Hillary. Yeah, I don't. I don't Hillary loves rabbits.com or whatever. Like, then maybe. But I mean. Yeah. Now, you'd, you'd now what, what annoys me because I don't just keep Obama all Obama's lies like on top of my oh, head. That's, that's why I don't keep. But every, now, every now I have to go Trump back. That's obnoxious in my yeah, head. Yeah. Now I have to go back and actually research all the time Obama lied just to be like throw it in Chris's face, and I hate doing that because no, I hate. You don't. I mean, you, 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 no, you, you get some I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Like, that's, he, never, I mean, he, he kind of always fails when he tries. To yeah, I mean, I totally yeah because I could never find a time when Obama lied, even though I totally can. Um, I'm just saying, like, you know, no, but, like, but eh. the, here, by the well, way, the, also, I'd like to reiterate like my, what my point what was. The stuff that was it that Obama Cheney never said. lied? No, I never said that. Well, technically, I said Washington. I specifically said, I just, like, I'm how just, many lies are too many lies? I, I've always said well, you're acting less than the normal like U.S. No, president. No, he, where's the level? Where's the line? Well, because there or, isn't one. What, when is Trump When is Trump just speaking in hyperbole that's obvious hyperbole, and when is he lying? I mean, well, also divide that up for when me. When he's attacking the integrity difficult. of our institutions. When I think they deserve to be attacked. Like, they did a poor I, job. They did a poor job, and you had the Democrats holding the, the executive branch and them spying on the Trump campaign. Right, that's what happened. You, but let's, there's not, a way let's not lie but there's a way around. to address that that doesn't destroy the, the faith in the – in the intelligence just, community over, over the long haul. Let's just look at the intelligence community he, and all the people that have been fired could, for wrongdoing. Well, like Comey, he could have, Rock, he could have uh, done something, or he could just. It just keeps going. These people but, that have obvious wrongdoing that the IG reports already came out on that were insubordinate, that did things that leaked to the press, that did all kinds of stuff that were wrong. People that worked on Trump's campaign have been arrested. I mean, like. F uh, Guys, Manafort? Not not over it has anything to do with politics. No, no, I just mean like just <laughs> in general. The like he certainly has people, you know, problematic for people two, working yeah, on his campaign. Yeah, Manafort that worked on his campaign for like three months is in five for months. Two thousand, uh, two thousand five, uh, whatever it was. You know, I think it was for not. Oh, and also for not uh, uh, I, identifying themselves the, like, as a foreign agent. Right? The, like the number of people that he's that he worked with, at least you know over the course of the campaign that that have been arrested or indicted for you know. You know, one crime or another is fairly high. Now, that's not the same thing as like the intelligence community having a whole bunch having people fired for wrongdoing. But, but the, I guess what I'm trying to say is there's like that stuff in that world. You know, like that stuff is pretty prevalent. And, and which part? Criminal behavior. Sorry, the, the, like all the picking at the. Oh, I don't know. Like, I thought was you were like, like really confusing me. Look at her. No, like, like I think especially you know there, there's a there's a group of people that are wealthy enough or connected enough that they feel like the rules don't apply to them, and that's everywhere from Clinton to what? Oh, I think she's wanting to Finishing. try to. No, just go. Jump in. The people can't. Joe, talk. I, you already lost Row. my train of thought because you're like. Row, what do you have to say? It's not my fault. The attention span of a fish. Okay, so no. I, I fundamentally have a problem with this because what can you blame on an administration and what can you blame on the system just rocks and it has failings. 
you're like, oh, it has failings. Let's just and then, and then this blew well, up. You Let's don't just attack it. Is my point. You 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 figure out a way to fix it. How do you know? Is like Joe Schmo, like, oh, this was definitely this administration's fault. Well, we not don't. not the organization. We don't. We, we can argue about it. But no, none of us, we might think we know. I definitely I, don't think we, I know. We, we think I we definitely know. know. But, but knowing, but, 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 but thinking Chris we know, knows for, I know. thinking we know over here. for a fact, is, it's crazy, but that doesn't matter. Well, because it, you don't we, know we if they had a problem say, because it was unavoidable or because they actually caused the problem. That's why I hate talking about the, these higher problems because we don't know yeah, if, if the, we can really the, hate. The more problematic thing is attacking the the institutions themselves rather than trying to fix the institutions. I think you can fix them if, if you know, if you're Trump and you find, and you're really sure that there are genu genuine structural problems, you know, in the CIA or in the NSA or, you know, whatever else in the intelligence community, if you can identify those, get together with people in Congress, work to get rid of the... Well, I think they've already been identified. Well, I think it was the people at the top that were... I don't know. Right, not, but, but they didn't, I don't think they had a political bias. I think they had an anti-Trump bias. But you can address... Well, I mean... I don't think they were anti-Republicans. I think they were anti-Trump. Well, it, let's, let's just say they're... But, but okay, if they're anti-just one individual, is that because the individual is really good and... You know, the, the, the intelligence community thinks that, you know, there's nothing suspicious going on, or does that mean, you know, is, or is it possible that they actually had real legitimate reasons to be concerned about him? Well, I'm, and I, how do we know? Not that, how would we know? By, based on leaks or by what people have already said. Just like, a, you know, even though Strzok wanted everything, you know, Trump to lose, he was like, ah, I just have a feeling there's no there there. You know, like he even admitted it when he was about to jump on to the uh, special counsel. Um, he didn't pieces. think they were going to find like a smoking gun yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, and he'd already seen some of it. Like, I mean, like that's part of it. You know, like this has already been going on. Well, right, but that doesn't. But the the, the fact that you don't think that there's smoking gun. Chris evidence, is over there like, oh, the fact that you don't he, think there's Chris smoking gun evidence. Chris is fine with the Democratic Party paying paying a, a British an ex British spy to get information from Russians to be able to build a dossier. It's working with Russians, pulling information from Russians, building a dossier that's really? full of shit. And then ends up getting a special It was special started counsel. by Republicans, for one. No, but it was started by the Washington Free Beacon, or whatever it's called, whatever. And then it was picked up by the DNC and the Hillary Clinton campaign, mm -hmm. uh, filled out, eventually given to John McCain, given, you know, like a leak to a different source, uh, eventually comes out, you know, to, to Comey, and from my understanding, the FBI even pays money for it. And then, they, you know, even though it's unsolicited, and not unsolicited, it's unproven also, because Comey Well, right, admits, because Comey it was a dossier. It That's the nature and, of a dossier. There's specifically you, things, they're like, supposedly, hey, I, all I, I, will, I am saying that I believe that the people who told me this are really the people who they say they are. You should yeah. investigate this. Supposedly Trump, supposedly Trump colluded with the Russians when the Democratic Party definitely got information from Russians that was given to a British spy, that was given to our intelligence communities, that started a special counsel that's bullshit, to, to all to pull down the opposite. But, all uh, to but pull the down dossier the, uh, the was other, not the only piece of evidence in all of that. That was, that, that was the biggest piece of evidence. That was what they led with in the FISA court. In the, in the, in the FISA court. And they was, also didn't admit that, they, that it was coming from the other campaign. True and true and true. I mean, I, I don't I mean, know. What... <laughs> wow, it's like hearing a recording of my own voice. You, well, that much truth? Just exactly what I believe. No, I'm saying you're over there rolling your eyes and stuff. No, no, those are all facts. I mean, I mean also it's true. That's, that, no, like, you said Chris is okay with you know, like, X, X, yes, and I okay hadn't said a word. If you read like the, you inferred all that from an eye roll. From, yes, from, from an eye roll. Steel. I figured it all out and like, how, how right I was. It's quite obvious that Steele had no real 
clue what was going on in but terms still of was anti-Trump. He didn't, but still didn't want a Trump uh, elected. He said so himself. Yeah, he was very anti-Trump, and he didn't know shit other than what these Russians were Telling giving him information. Right, that, that Trump liked to be peed on, you know, and Trump liked to whatever these other stupid things. That was in the dossier. It was in the dossier, but a lot, of, but other things. Well, from the I, dossier, I don't think it's, I don't there think are other things, and, and, I, and I don't have it in front of me now. But there were several other things from the dossier that have come out as they turned out to be true. They I don't were, remember anything big. I don't remember you know, anything like, big. But it's like, and, and, and yeah, I mean, that'd be a, a thing to, to spend some time just, you know, poking back through and looking up. But like this support several, of the, alleg- now, several of the allegations the, came and they're so, like, okay, those things turned in the dossier did turn out to be true. Obviously, I think it dossier, to do with the whole point and, of a dossier is, yeah, that. Uh, maybe, maybe I think that that's what I think them. that's what had to do. I think it had to do with some meetings of different people, but like with Carter Page, like come on, I mean, it's it's trumped up. I mean, it's certainly trumped up. But well, it's no point. There's no point in arguing about it now, though, because there's going to be pretty soon the findings going to come out, and then we'll know, and uh, or we'll have well, a, we'll know as good of an, it, we'll have as good an idea as we possibly. What will happen have. is if it if it's if it completely absolves Trump, then everyone you know on the Democratic side is going to, you know jump through their seats and be, and be like, no, no, look at all this evidence, blah, 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 and freak out and, you know, try to try to find some way to re, re, retie it to them. And if it comes comes out and says that, you know, that some of those things were true and, and Trump did have some, some knowledge of these things or, you know, worse, then all that's going to happen is the Republicans are going to say that the Mueller probe is purely, you know, politically minded and, and, you know, refuse to accept it. It doesn't matter. Is my point? Like, well, I it think would, it, well, I it does matter. If it, if it was so. a big, like, if it was a big bombshell, it would matter. But if, but my but guess they, is, but it's the, gonna, the Trump I think it's would just be say, oh, it was similar. purely invented. Uh, but if, if it's too if big, I don't think there's any way he could he couldn't come back from that. But I think it's going to be like Comey. I think it's going to be very similar to the Comey Hillary exoneration, where he's going to say there were satellites, people that worked for the Trump campaign that were definitely dealing with Russians, and this stuff was going on. But we don't believe we can, you know we couldn't tie it all the way up to Trump, and you know basically it's going to kind of exonerate him in a way, but, you know, it's going to hurt the credibility of some of the people on his campaign, which is kind of what we already kind of Yeah, which is kind of what we're basically at a point where lots and lots and lots of people on the campaign clearly seem to be communicating with Russia for some reason, not, you know, either for dirt or to figure out out ways to alleviate sanctions, which is, you know, not something they should be doing. Plus the earlier campaign also went to Ukraine, just pointing out. Actual representatives going to the Ukraine to get information on Donald Trump. Chris, why are you okay with all that stuff about Donald Trump? <laughs> I can't even remember all the I mean, all of I'm the not, not, various okay details the of the dossier. straw man you constructed. If, if the dossier it was, was a great the straw only, man. if the dossier was the only piece, it was, of evidence it was what they led with. To, it was what they led with, and uh, McCabe yeah, said they, McCabe said they wouldn't have they wouldn't have got the uh, the uh, the ability to be able to spy without the without the dossier. That's what McCabe said. Well, uh, who I knows, mean, like, who but, knows if but, whether or not that's true? Because Comey also says, "Well, that's not true. There was a lot more evidence." But uh, Comey's been kind of well, watching his ass ever since I, <laughs> the, the, the IG report came you out. You know, the, 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 like even if it was true, even if that was the, the the final piece, you know, the piece that was the most convincing piece, all that did was authorize them to look at things, you know, to to investigate. To be able not, to spy on the Trump campaign. Well, you could call it. Sp- Buying, but well, they said they, they, you know, and then they had people that were also trying to infiltrate the campaign by trying to, you know, uh, like I don't with, think the infiltration thing is, is quite what. Well, what was no, I think there were be, I think there were two or three people, two or three people that approached the campaign that tried to at least get information from the campaign that were like they were like informants, not 
spies or something well, like yeah, that. Well, yeah, they weren't embedded in the resources. campaign. Human resources. Yes, yeah, they, they weren't, weren't embedded, embedded in the they campaign. They just went and asked some questions. Yes. Yes. Which seems like a pretty reasonable thing to do if you have any concern. I think that I think that it's a very dangerous time period when you start trying to spy on political campaigns unless well, there's major wrongdoing. Well, if there is not and it's it's just business as usual, you should not be doing it and it is very dangerous. Like that is like you're you're putting us down I mean, a very but dangerous like you, road. You, you you do all the spying and nothing comes of it, then there is no problem, right? But nothing really came of it and they still have a special counsel. That's what I'm well, saying. Like I think I mean we don't know <laughs> I think like, we do. We'll, we'll have to revisit but this even case. if nothing came of it, that then that's I mean, also is fine. your is your like, assertion, Jesse? No, I don't that think if, that it's fine because no, Jesse, it, it Jesse, Jesse, Trump Jesse, so far Jesse, Jesse, no, there, there shouldn't have like pause, had it out in pause. the public space. Is your assertion that yes. if that uh, if uh, no. an investigation results in null findings that there's that they don't find anything wrong happened, that it was a a wasted investigation, that it was a, a, a witch hunt. Well, let's talk about it. Is, very, is that your let's assertion? Let's talk about it in a very narrow Is that narrow your finding. assertion? Let's talk about specifically to this case. No. I would say yes. Oh, on this so only case. in this case no, is saying, that in a I'm, valid assertion. I'm saying I know more about this case. So I, can't, I can't say like in the future. I, I don't know. Or in the past. It depends on what's happened. No, I'm saying. You know? No, no, well, no. I don't no. think this has ever happened before. No. So I, I, from my understanding, I don't think this has specifically ever happened so before. So your assertion only in this case, only no, in saying, the case I'm of investigating am, Trump. I'm if saying I am they don't narrowly, find anything wrong, then it was a bad investigation I'm from the very beginning. I'm saying I am ruling beginning. narrowly, and I know a lot more about this than I do well, any other supposed cases or anything that I don't know of. I think the and reason, I think if there's nothing that's found that's big, and you have this go on and undermine his, well, undermine I think his presidency for the first two years. No, just because an investigation happen. finds that nothing wrong happened doesn't mean it was a bad investigation. Yeah, but you've... Well, I, I think one of the reasons that I'm more okay with them doing things like the, the at least the initial like um, investigation into the campaign is that like Manafort was under investigation already, like before he even joined the Trump campaign. You're like, okay, you've got a campaign. You have this shady guy who's being investigated already for shady shit. They pull him into the campaign, and they're like, oh, you, shouldn't, you should not look into that campaign. You definitely – like, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, you're going to follow that guy where he goes because – that's not how they went through him. They went through Carter Page and Papadopoulos and other things. Well, so, so I understand what I don't, you're saying, I, I but that's not what they I don't they, necessarily disagree with, with, with that. Like, I, I think a lot of the times the ways that uh, – our intelligence agencies, not or not just our intelligence agencies, even just like local, you know, law enforcement, go about, you know, justifying investigations is sometimes, you know, you know, probably unethical. And, um, I, and I, I don't don't know in you know in that case, you know, what the I feel like when it's something like a, a presidential campaign, the stakes are higher. So it, it I, I don't know what the right answer is, I guess. But but like, there it was already like that. No, nope, that was definitely not like that. The spider just came down from the ceiling. He doesn't no. agree. Maybe he does agree. Mm. It's telling me to eat it. Eat it. I bet you won't eat it. No, I won't. It's so tiny. That's pretty big for a, just a just a you know a run of the muck you know uh, spider inside of this building. <laughs> what do you have to say, Chris? Just, no, that you're seems a like a breath. reasonable thing to me. Like, however Spying they just spying on a political campaign. I don't think so. If you, this if is the not normal. Just hired a person who was under under federal investigation already. Okay, for 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 what? Like, I mean, not for Russia collusion. No, but, but they know, were, or, you know, like. <coughs> like I, then why did they I keep going after he left the campaign? I can understand. 
I'm because a lot of this happened after. You know, so so we don't know. My my intuition would be either so either one of two things happened. Either either in the over the course of that they saw things that led them to believe that they needed to continue the investigation, or it was just political. But I don't. But we don't know. Yeah. And and like I'm leaning towards political. <laughs> but but that's but like. Well, no more soon. You know, like that's. I feel like the the lean is an ideological bent. Like I don't think there's specifically evidence one way or the other mm. that we are really aware of. I don't know about that. The reasons that they have... kept doing the investigation, like, well, we don't have access to the information because mm. for 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 reasons that are valid, and you know, at some point we should because I think transparency is important. So at some, you know, once the dust is settled and everything, you do need to you release that kind of information to the public so that you can see what happened and why. But it all, you know, it does make sense to keep some of that stuff private for a while. And, you know, if it turns out that it was politically minded, then you definitely need to take steps to address that at an institutional level. But if not, then, you know, that, you know, and they were acting appropriately, yeah. that's okay. Yeah. Let's, and let's go, let's take this a little step further because I know we, I know we need to get out of here, but, um, Okay, let's let's because you, know, you guys are talking about like uh, oh we shouldn't be shouldn't be tearing down the the intelligence agencies. John Brennan, who was a CIA director, is out there calling the president treasonous. Like, uh, what the hell? Like, uh, what kind of a world are we in now? Like, he, he he you know that's what he specifically said that he was that Trump was treasonous based on the the way uh, he he dealt with uh, Vladimir Putin. So what should Trump die? But that guy, no, that guy was no longer in the intelligence community. CIA director, ex-CIA director. I've never seen anything like this. Ex-CIA director. Right. Ever seen anything like but, this? But once you're out of the agency, there's nothing that prevents you from having a strong political opinion. I've never seen any. Have you ever seen anybody do this? This is not normal. But this but is Trump not normal. isn't normal Treasonous? either. Treasonous. This is, is not, not normal, normal, Chris. You know it's not normal. There's but, nobody from. There's nobody but, back in the day that ever said anything about Obama. Nobody said that about Bush. Nobody said they, about Clinton. I mean, they definitely called him treasonous many Who? times. Oh, just that was more of a punditry and yeah. I was gonna say, there's no way that wasn't ex CIA director. I don't know why that wasn't distinction matters. That doesn't matter. Oh, I think why just does that distinction matter? There was one matter? of the most powerful people in the country, and, who and still not has currently. Not well, at the time he, he made well, the he comments. Well, he still has a stupid uh, uh, security clearance. Hopefully he won't okay. have it that much longer. But he doesn't make any decisions. <laughs> thank yeah, God. The, uh, uh, thank I guess. God. Brennan's an idiot anyway. The, All right, whatever. I, I, I guess Who cares? I, I would assume. And so was Clapper. Proven like, liars. Like, Guys that lied in public. Guys that lied to Congress. Everybody is against Trump because he's a saint. And it's just, it just so happens no, I think that, they want all Hillary Clinton. The, that, that all these people I think they want Hillary just Clinton. specifically – you know, hated him, and so... You, you just have to look at emails for that. I mean, you could... You know, like, or not emails, but you can, you can look at text messages from Strzok, first, who was the main guy that was, Strzok, that was doing a lot like, of stuff. I don't know about You can, you can go through Brennan, Comey. I don't you can go know through about, Comey uh, writing down every conversation that he had with Trump to try to burn him. Then him leaking know, but it... You could also see that as him a, trying to protect himself. <laughs> then him leaking it through a professor who was also working for the FBI, just not being paid, then who leaks it out to the media to get the special counsel. Um, like it's just, I mean, there's a, well, just right, a huge, least, I, I need a whole like, wall to write all this shit down. That doesn't bother me so much only because he'd leaked other stuff to him before. The, like that wasn't the first time. Right. But I mean, he was pretty upfront in, in saying that that was why he leaked it. It wasn't like, it wasn't super surreptitious, I guess. It, 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 like there's, there's some degree of transparency there and at least you can disagree with him, but you know what he was doing and why. And yeah, like that doesn't feel conspiratory. That feels to me like somebody wrestling with, you know, what, you know, what he's 
what, what, his, what his duty was in a particular situation. And maybe, you know, and certainly, you know, any kind of personal bias can play into those decisions and the way we perceive things, but that's, norm that's gonna happen for everybody. Trump is an un abnormal president and he was an abnormal candidate and he behaves in abnormal ways relative to what we're accustomed to. And I think there are a lot of people who are fearful, fearful of that because, you know, that's sort of a devil you don't know situation. And I, I'm agreeing with everything you're saying so far. And so I, I don't, I don't think it's unnatural for people to be wary, you know, especially when you're talking about being in a, you know, very powerful, you know, investigative office, either domestic or foreign, that's tasked with, to your eyes, protecting the United States. And, like, Clinton, for all of her, you know, probable corruption and, and other issues, like, she was more of the devil you know, so I think they were less wary of her. Yeah, true. And I don't think that that's evil or bad or wrong. I think people would have known what to expect with Clinton at the very least, and they, you know, they could have kept an eye, could have and would have kept an eye on it for anything that they felt like, you know, their duties would have required them to to intervene on. But the but the but I think the the reality is people didn't know what to to do with or make of Trump, and when he started attracting people who they were already investigating and suspicious of, you know, for unrelated reasons, kind of started gravitating towards the campaign. He had, he at the very least had a very, very big, a very poor run of luck in picking corrupt people to like come join his campaign. Didn't do a very good job. We're proud to be getting out of here. Chris, do you have, you want the final word here? Talk. Oh, uh, We kind of got into the weeds there at the end. I know we should have done there, that. We, we you made me started that, out so strong with, Talking about big ideas, getting real deep and philosophical, and then, then, then the partisan knives got I told sharpened. You, I told you, stay out of the weeds. I guess you did. But we were talking about Trump, but and that's the that's same all weeds. Thing. Yeah. yeah um, so, so, and I got drug in the weeds. I don't even like weeds. There's like ticks and stuff in there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Trump has ticks. You heard it from Jesse. Uh, so I don't know any any fun things you guys have to recommend real quick to wrap up like movies to watch or shows that you've something entertaining that you've done recently that you would recommend to other people nobody i liked annihilation i already told you guys that though oh well, did lot you of tell the didn't. podcast that i did not tell the podcast that okay tell them i don't, about I don't know about the it's a movie that they should watch but i don't want to say too much okay i can tell watch you it. that the ending made me cry and i don't know why pussy Yep. No, I'm, well, I'm mean, just joking. I'm, this just, is, it was just a joke. This is all, it was, it was almost as bad joke. as Littlefoot's mom dying. Oh, no, that, that's tough. That, that was, I, I, Littlefoot's mom dying is a tough scene mother? to get through. There's a couple. Is. Is, there's a couple. Yeah, that's a messed it's up scene. horrible. And the whole lot other parts of that movie are pretty messed up. Yeah, I, I don't know the what it was about. Stuff. The ducky stuff, too. Yeah, that it's was. It's was... pretty sad. Not that oh, anything ducky. happened specifically, but just the, just the, the whole situation, dynamic of it. Yeah. And the Petri stuff. Jesse? It's a pretty touching film. You got, you got anything? That... No, the, uh, the Evil Dead musical is awesome. Oh, uh, yeah. I know you guys didn't get to go see it this year. We were, no, we were a couple of, we were a couple of things back from the, a couple of rows back from the Splatter Zone. But it was, it was pretty sweet, and it was hilarious. Very rated R. 
they do a great job of mixing the uh, Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2 together and then putting in a bunch of lines from Army of Darkness. So it has all the major, this is my boomstick kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, uh, any, any of his big lines, you know, like that, that they could throw in there. Um, groovy. Groovy. They throw in groovy. <laughs> they throw, I mean, like so all that stuff. No, it, it's good. Trust me, it's good. It's like an hour and a half long. Uh, very well done. Uh, Great yeah, cast. I would like to see that. Uh, they did a hell of a job. They really did. It was a. It was really well done. I would add to this list. Um, just popped up on Netflix recently, so you can everyone can go watch it and form better opinions about it. Last Jedi, and with that, <laughs> that's, that's a wrap. So that's guys. what I recommend. Well, <laughs> so that, yes, yeah, Annihilation. The uh, Evil Dead the Musical and The Last Jedi on Netflix. Yeah, I, I, um, you know, I went. Keep going. Go ahead. No, no, no. No, I just I went back and watched The Last Jedi because I thought, oh, you know, I'm gonna like it more. Oh, I fucking hated it more. I ended up hating it more. Like I I watched it with the kids again after it was on Netflix, and I was like, oh my god, I really. I've hate never this movie. known you just like, to down reevaluate. Yeah, that's well, no, that's usually, your style. Sometimes double I down. sometimes I watch something, and then I'll be like, well, you know, I'll watch it again later, and then I you know I think I'm gonna like enjoy it better like i thought things were going to come together because people were telling me that people were like oh you need to watch it more than once you know it'll it'll make more sense or you know it'll some reason the second the viewing will be better scenes like really insufferable and, and like, it was long. it was tough man it was tough to get some through parts of it holy hell oh i just bought i just bought ready player but one the the good Blu-ray. parts are so good ready player one was decent ready player i, I really like ready player one i still haven't it's, read the i still haven't like, read the book the i've only read but the it's book good. Yeah, I, haven't I mean, seen it's, it yet. it's a kids movie, but like a good one, like a well-made. Yeah, good one. like a real made, like a well-made kids movie that reminds me of my own childhood and has some pieces in it that I don't know, just um, I don't know, makes me nostalgic for certain things. All right, well that, that's it, guys. Um, thanks for joining us. And <laughs> I can't believe you listened. We oh, we had a guest today that we didn't properly introduce. Ro, no, she chimed in. I don't know you that know. we can hear you, whatever you said. Technically, I could probably find a transition point somewhere in there and get rid of all the Trump stuff if we want. <laughs> and just have all this and then just have the ending. Well, so if Even you're, with this piece. I'm, if I'm you're hearing that. this right now and we didn't talk about Trump and you're really yep. confused, Jesse cut it out and you missed so much good you stuff. Can get the it was actually cut. our best stuff, but you have to pay us money to get it. <laughs> yeah. We will put it up on uh, yeah. SoundCloud for for three cents. No, for the director's cut. <laughs> you, you're gonna have to pay quadruple what you currently pay to listen. Three cents a minute. All right. So, all right, you guys. Uh, it's, it's been fun. See you later. <laughs>